what's going on is July 31st. Um, I, you know, I know I do like some music to play, but, you know, I'm, I'm not sitting in my room, so I don't want to play music. You know what I mean? When I'm out of my room and I'm doing this, like, you know, in the, in the TV rear area, you know, I just kind of sit here and just want to talk, but I got a bunch of recaps to get into eventually in the podcast. It'd probably be like eight hours in, most likely. There isn't much fucking, like, discourse stuff that I jotted down because I was already, like, I don't know, I was more focusing on just doing fucking the, the recaps instead of just looking at, again, like, the whole, I mean, the whole Twitter fucking app is, like, you know, it's not that it's any fucking different than it was, whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm just not on the timeline as much. Other than looking at what's trending and then seeing most of the fucking, most of the fucking worst fucking people. Um, you know, get the top billing for for stuff. Mean that like when it's blue check marks, like in in this era, I gotta question everything that they're fucking saying because I know I'm not getting the truth. I and and I know I know by fucking you know uh, like not believing what blue check marks and fucking you know alt media tapes now on Twitter or you know any social media app are saying, then it automatically means you gotta buy into the establishment narrative. Even though, like, they're part of the establishment, but, like, it's always, like, oh, that must mean you love mainstream media. It's like, I don't even fucking watch mainstream media. But now I know enough that, like, like, I, I, I've known enough for the last ten years that the mainstream media isn't gonna tell you every fucking angle or what fucking nefarious fucking shit the fucking, you know, the U.S. fucking empire will fucking, you know, contribute you know, in a neoliberal, neoconservative type of fucking way. Or if they do go after fucking people that they should go after, it has to be in, like, the generalized generalized way where, you know, people will then go off the mainstream media as attacking this person. That automatically means that this person is a fucking hero. And, like, ten years ago, that probably would have sufficed and come off more fucking genuine. But... Now you realize that a lot of these fucking people are also establishment, but like they can't admit that they're from the establishment narrative, so they have to keep doubling down on how like dangerous it is for RFK and all that kind of shit. Or I don't know. And then you'll notice more progressive types, like you know, like the Intercept, who are supposed to be more progressive. The Ryan Grimms of the fucking world. They'll be doing like, you know, softball interviews. Like, again, people are going to be like, because again, whenever you complain about, like, you know, platforming people who have, like, fascist aspirations. And I know, like, that, like, word Nazi and fascist has been so general, like, so generalized, you know, used, right? Because it's just, because whatever people in the mainstream media use it. They do it, like, in a blind fucking way, even if it's, it is appropriate to use against some of these fucking people. So then it means, like, oh, so then the fucking, you know, people in the alt media think you have to be, like, an obvious fucking Nazi and, like, do, like, the obvious fucking... Even if you do the obvious fucking Nazi and white supremacist shit, they'll just fucking claim it's the feds that are fucking doing it. Which then, to me, fucking, you know, begs the question. I know people on the left will fucking deny, oh, they're saying it's all feds and not, you know, white supremacy and Nazi themselves. I don't know. It, is, is it possible there's factions in the feds that are also 
kind of embracing that kind of shit. And they can make it look like they're the ones that are trying to frame, like, you know, uh, for example, in Wisconsin, there was a, a Pride event in some park or something like that. So the Gays Against Groomer guys, uh, you know, they, uh, orga- they organize a protest for some of these events, the tokens, you know. And then there were some armed neo-Nazis that were marching around saying some horrible shit about pedophiles and groomers and all that kind of shit. So then people, obviously, whenever this is like an obvious fucking thing, it seems so over the top that with the call people on the right wing, because now cause they, they view the internet as some underground safe haven type of deal, right? Like how it was in the 90s. So if you think that you're spreading these theories online, it's like, well, look, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's only a few select of us that are fucking taking in this information. But are you, you know what I mean? Like the internet's just as mainstream as the mainstream media is. You know what I mean? There's a lot of establishment. I mean, a lot of establishment people complain about quote-unquote free speech online, so... What's it called, you know, when they're invested into stuff online, it means they want to dominate, they want their paid speech to be dominating the fucking algorithm. So now you think, oh, because they were talking about it online, that automatically means that it's, you know, not fucking, you know, that it's something that the, the establishment doesn't want you to fucking know. If it's out there for, for millions to consume, they want you to fucking know. For some reason, you can't fucking, you know, think that. So I don't know what was happening in that shit, you know. I don't know what's happening with uh, the Wisconsin thing. But I mean, to me, it's, it's like, you know, to me, it, it could be. Uh, hold on a second. To me, it could be, you know. um You know, it, it it could be, you know, people in the feds. But for some reason, if I say it's the feds, then my narrative has to be that, oh, white supremacy and Nazi shit doesn't exist and the establishment is discrediting it, discrediting, discrediting the protest, whatever, and all that, the protest or whatever. And with the cold, they are, with the cold, because, like, the feds have done that before, people then equate it. People then equate it to, uh, oh look, it's being done. It's being done in an obvious way because there's cameras and all that kind of shit. So that must mean that they're trying to frame this movement. But what if they? What if there's a portion of people in the feds, especially some of these people that are coming out as whistleblowers? I assume that the whistleblowers that are being allowed to fucking talk about certain things. You know how the, how those sort of whistleblowers being talked about the corruption in the fucking you know in the FBI and all that. You automatically think, oh well, this these guys are good because they're speaking out about corruption in the FBI, but it's in favor of the right wing. But if these guys were really a threat to the FBI and they're so fucking powerful in that in that regard, then you wouldn't even know that these guys fucking exist. You know they exist because it's marketing. But for me, I, I, I personally think that there's certain people who are feds that are aligned with, uh, like, if there's people in the White House aligned with fucking, you know, white nationalism and, and all, like, people just want to say that, oh, Trump influences, but, like, these people must, you know, people, people connected must have, like, you know, you were talking about how 
protests are organized by the left by George Soros. Like, I could, I, because he's a billionaire, yeah, I could buy that he funds certain fucking shit, but then at the same time, can't Rupert Murdoch or other people fund fucking chaos? Can't they fund the discourse? Like, you think Rupert Murdoch really fucking has vitriol towards Tucker Carlson and he's not funding his behavior on some fucking level? See, again, the the conspiracy can never go that way. For some reason, we're supposed to hate guys like Elon Musk and Tucker, but then we want to dumb down their fucking villainous shit. You know what I mean? You just want to dumb it down so then with the call, if you, if you, if you get them with the, the generalized dumbing down, right, then it makes it look like you're picking on them, right? Even though, like, you can't really pick on these guys because they're fucking powerful. And so then people then think, oh, look... The establishment is burying them in the most generalized way possible and not like talking about the substance, but whatever. You know. So to me, yeah, I, I could buy that. Uh, you know, there's, you know, Nazis at a fucking pride event or something like that. You know. Like Nazis at, at, at some, you know, at, like to be the counter protester to the, to the pride event. I could, I could buy that. Sometimes, sometimes, I, sometimes I do, I do, I, I do think that there's a normalizing of like white supremacy going on. If like there's like one fucking case of like the fucking people on the left, or, or like people who are Democrat, whatever, caught fucking faking something or caught staging something. You know what I mean? But then at the same time, see, if that was the fucking case, then I could also assume that the right wing does the same fucking shit as well. You know what I mean? But but but, so, but, so, but but because we're supposed to be going in a more, you know, right-wing direction in an overall sense of my personal opinion. I don't want that to go on, but I'm also looking at the reality of what they're fucking normalizing and how they, you know, they'll promote, like, all the evil shit being done, but then, like, no one's actually fucking going to jail for it. No one seems to be getting any comeuppance. All it is is just... You know, theatrical shit to, like, do twists and turns like we're in a fucking storyline and a fucking spy thriller and all that kind of shit. I don't know. But, like, you know. Just look at, um, you know, the discourse between um, the X logo. The X logo outside of uh, Twitter. Twitter headquarters. Now, because we're supposed to dumb down and we're supposed to pretend that Elon Musk doesn't know what he's doing, even though I feel like he he bought the fu- like he he could spare buying this fucking app, but like he's supposed to be playing a role where this is still making money in the fucking media and in the discourse. You know what I mean? Because constantly you're gonna be talking about so like every so people are getting paid off of the coverage of all of this shit. So it's like there's destruction. There's money to be made in like self destructing this shit. So basically, he put up a fucking. I, and again, I, I, I never. I, I always assume that if you if you make these moves of like putting in a bright fucking light of a, of a big fucking shiny X, that like I guess like you know like the people in charge allowed this to happen, but since it like has to be like oh Elon Musk is like not playing by the rules and supposed to make it obvious, there's people that have been complaining. They won't let anyone inspect. The structure and uh, the safe, like the, the the safety of it, whatever, and all that kind of shit, 
because like the, the the trending thing was, oh, they had to put it down with sandbags. You know what I mean? It's like okay, well, this, this, this thing is obviously gonna fucking collapse. If it's not gonna collapse, people are gonna be complaining about the fucking bright light being you know because already there's already people complaining about that, but. It's supposed to be by fucking design to just get the world in a more chaotic thing. I wonder what's going to end up happening with it. Because again, if something like if something, if the X fucking drops and something happened where people get fucking hurt or something like that, like people are going to blame Elon, but they're going to do it in a way where like, oh my God, can you believe how stupid and incompetent he is? And it's like when you like, I, I get it. You don't want to like Elon Musk. But you, you realize dumbing these guys down because of, like, what they do on the surface. Like, you will never really have, like, the full vitriol for the hate, the hatred you should have for some of these fucking powerful fucking people. You know what I mean? That's why I, I'm not... Again, people think that, like, telling you that people are actually smarter than they fucking, uh, than they fucking you know, act. It's like, oh, you're giving these guys a compliment, but it's like... You can be a fucking smart person, you can be a fucking genius, and still be somebody that's fucking greatly evil. Like, you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be a positive, affirming fucking word. It can be a neutral word to me, at least. You know, if someone's a good person, you go, yeah, that guy's fucking smart, all that. If someone's fucking evil, you can say, yeah, that guy's fucking smart, but you're that guy's a piece of fucking shit. He's a, you know what I mean? For some reason, with the call calling someone smart... Or a genius automatically means that you have... I say, if I'm going to call someone a genius... And again, I think Elon Musk is a fucking genius. But it also means he's a lot more fucking dangerous than... You know... But we're we're dubbing it down so he can play this fucking, you know... This, um... Like, you know what I mean? He's, like, things are, bad things are going to happen with him being around and all that kind of shit. But he'll get away with it because it'll just be... Oh my god, can you believe how incompetent this dude is? Can you believe he doesn't know it? You know what I mean? Because he's so uncharismatic. I don't know, man. It just, it's, uh... It's fucking crazy. Everyone just normalizes, like, anybody, you know? Everyone's getting normalized with, um... With what direction you're going, you know, like just everything, everything, just like even 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 people that are supposed to be progressive, or like say that they're fucking liberal, which again a lot of the fucking problematic liberals online, are I, I personally believe that they play the liberal side so that a bunch of like the new right wing fucking people like the post left, can go look see this is what liberals really fucking think. They're just as bad as uh, the fucking right wing. And uh, yeah, I'm sure neoliberals are or whatever, but like some of these fucking like liberals that like become like you're the Matt, like the Matt Iglesias types. I don't believe they're actually like liberal fucking. I, I, mean, I think they're actually like secret mega fucking people who pretend to be liberal because like people will give you credit for doing the bare minimum of calling out fucking Trump. So. But still, like, you know, you notice, like, you know, with DeSantis and all that kind of shit, he's, like, you know, become, like, the new, um, like, people are, like, uh, people, like, like I, I understand people fucking acting like, uh, people acting like, uh, 
you know, I, like I, I look at like you know the the, the for example let me, let me find what I tweeted let me see what I retweeted. Hold on. So yeah, so so basically a lot of so I guess political did a fucking interview or. Like, so this guy, Matt, Matt Stoller. And again, I don't know what this guy's whole deal is anyways, but I always see him being dunked on by people. Thing is, I'm going to try not to fucking, you know, even like, you know, um, like I'm trying not to fucking, you know, interact, like, you know, reply to, um, to people with blue check marks. Because, uh, you know, if you do, then you like, you'll help get them fucking paid. I'm sure they'll get fucking paid. I'm sure the ones that don't have blue check marks are still getting paid by somebody. You know, I, mean? I think everyone has always been fucking, you know, paid by somebody to be online. So anyways, this guy Matt Stoller says a new generation on the right and they think very differently about corporation corporate power. When all the right and left come together, we'll break on our big sloth sloth slothful monopolies like Disney. Descent isn't there yet, but it's coming. So you're hyping this up like it's, uh, like it's like, you know, like there's a reason why, certain, like, you know what I mean? Like this, you know, there's a reason why certain, like certain things are like, you know, you're making it look like the fucking right wing is doing it. So this guy leftward inbound, he did, like, he basically mocked this tweet, but showing you what they're normalizing. But he goes, there's a new generation on the right and they think very differently about corporate power. When that right and left come together, um, you know they'll you know they'll break up our big slothful monopolies like the like 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 Duche Bank. Hitler isn't there yet, but it's coming. So you know, I mean, he's kind of mocking it, right? And then he does a whole thread about it, which I like what he did right here, because again he breaks it down to whatever. He goes, Hitler railed against big banks because he thought they were too Jewish. DeSantis rails against Disney because he thinks it's too gay and probably too Jewish. It's dem demagoguery for the sake of consolidating power. Before anyone hyperventilates over this comparison, keep in mind that DeSantis is endorsed endorsed by the works of Moms for Liberty, who quoted Hitler and coughed in unison during a moment of silence for Holocaust victim. He also hired a Nazi speechwriter. Oh yeah, he also never condemned demonstration where his face campaign logo with plastic long Nazi flags waved by Nazis. See, the thing is, like, they're, it's like, they're, like, the right wing is making it obvious and, you know, showing you what they're, like, you know, what they're symbolizing. But because, like, people who are, like, liberal or mainstream media might kind of, like, complain about it or, like, you know, like, you know, uh, like, hyper-focus on, on, you know, on it in the most generalized fucking way, even though they should fucking condemn it, obviously. People who are online, who whose sole, like, you know, personality is, oh, we better, you know, we better, um, we, you know, we better question the mainstream media. It's like, okay, fine, you're allowed to question the mainstream media. I'm not fucking, like, I'm not against that, you know what I mean? Because people are not going to tell you the truth. But it doesn't mean because you're online, you're online, and you're you know an alt media fucking person, it doesn't mean you're also telling me the fucking truth either. You know what I mean? Like it's I guess like for like ten years ago, 
it would have been fucking, you know, revolutionary because, because, because normally when you listen to Western fucking media and television, they always had like, you know, you can't really question America or you cannot question like the fucking powers that be and all that kind of shit. And then, you know, then you have people fucking, you know, questioning the U.S. empire and all that kind of shit and some of the horrible things they've done, you know, over the fucking, you know, oh, what they continue to fucking do and support. But then the same people seem to now pretend like the far right doesn't really, like, even though they're more obvious about it. And again, like, I've always been in that fucking mindset, hey, if they're showing you how racist they are, man, with the cold, I, I, I'd rather fucking know. But that doesn't mean that you rather know and then go, okay, well, I'm going to let that one, I'm going to let it slide, and I'm going to focus on the Democrats. It's like, no, these guys are also, like, you know, like, you can focus on fucking, you know, some of the corruption of Democrats and all that kind of shit. But that doesn't mean that you, you know, uh, have to let the far right wing. And I think pe- we, we've done it so fucking much over the last 20, 30 fucking years that, you know, we, you know, like, basically normalized. Like, like and also through entertainment. For some reason, like, people want to get silent whenever you bring up like, what what role entertainment has played into this shit. And then they expect that they're going to get... Then, to me, it just means you're just a sports entertainer who doesn't really want to get to solutions. If, if you're going to fucking, you know, pretend like the celebrity and the fucking, you know, entertainment that we've consumed hasn't played a fucking role in fucking shaping us. Like, like even smart people want to fucking pretend. Like, that's why, the, that's why there's so much fucking bank and, and propaganda in the entertainment. Because it's, the, it's, it's a one-functioning way where you can, like, where people don't think they're looking at politicized stuff, you know. Well, I mean, nowadays, if it's something slightly liberal, then, of course, you'll have people, like, constantly pointing out the agendas, not that, like, the default from when we were fucking born, there wasn't a fucking, you know, an overall conservative arc of, like, you know, like, there wasn't a whole conservative you know, a branch of fucking, you know, normalization going on that we just thought, hey, that's life, whatever. There's two genders. There's, you know, oh, um, like, the, 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 this race is inferior or whatever the fuck you want to normalize back fucking then. And we all like, oh, okay, I guess that's like, you know, I guess that's like, you know, what life is. You know, people have to be racist towards you. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, when people would get into arguments... Like, different groups and all that kind of stuff, we'd all fucking, you know, not represent ourselves properly. And, you know, you go, okay, well, if you're going to argue with someone, you got to go, you know, toward their sexuality, their race, their gender, and all that kind of shit. And, you know, like, I, I, I'm glad that there's more people that fucking, you know, talk about the problematic nature of the past and all that kind of shit. Like, you know, or, or how far we have come, whatever. But I feel like if you don't fucking, you know, dice, dice, like, you know, give a whole, like, like, mean that people, like, people that, like, are, who, like, you know, who will, like, pretend they're woke now, right? And I'm not saying wokeness is fucking bad. Like, I'm not using it in a negative fucking way. But, like, people who will, like, oh, like, you know, select a woke moment from back in the 90s or in the 80s. And you would think, oh, you see, people were being woke. I don't understand. But it's like, even if someone said something fucking woke back then, they would still have other problems. Like, a lot of people who who did fucking woke stuff back then 
or said something like that was revolutionary. To get, like, they would still have, like, a misogynist or homophobic uh, fucking, you know, uh, like, you know, uh, element to them as well. You know what I mean? Like, not everything they said, like, in that one incidence. And then you also act like the quote-unquote woke stuff back then was, like, well, like, like, well, like, mean that, like, there was more stuff in the mainstream that would, like, train society within our entertainment or our political shit that would overpower anything that was, like, socially conscious. You know what I mean? That's why whenever, like, socially conscious stuff would, like, stick out in different entertainment mediums, right? It's, it, you know what I mean? It, it, you would feel like you're waking up to something, but then at the same time, you would uh, then, you know, go back to sleep because the other fucking status quo propaganda was, you know, normalizing itself. You know, I don't know. I know whenever I try to fucking break down, like, how we thought and all that, it's not considered, like, the entertain not considered entertaining. I'm supposed to be doing culture war shit. But, like, people don't realize that. Because, because again, people think because they're on the internet, they gotta always advocate for non- non-stop conflict and all that kind of shit. And, you know what I mean? Because, again, with the cult- anyone can just do that. And I'm supposed to give in to the fucking... The far right status quo, even though they'll complain about the quote unquote liberal status quo, but it's like you're all bitching about conservative shit anyways. You just you want your side of conservatism to be the normal fucking thing, and more people that have you know a chance to go there, they will you know um you know they will uh they will go you know to um. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's just it's crazy. By the way, I again, I never like again. I I always assume that the like, just by who Ice Cube is like, you know, like you know, like normalizing himself with and making it and selling it under the guise of, oh, the mainstream like again, he's doing the Jimmy Dore thing. Oh, the the other mainstream media wouldn't talk to Ice Cube about this. But it's like he has to like he says he he has a high following, you know what I mean? Like you can go on your social media, and you can basically make the fucking news yourself. You don't gotta go on Tucker Carlson. Like that's just symbolism of who he's aligning with. And I didn't even fucking realize that the big three is also funded by some other white dude who is associated with Bannon. You know what I mean? And also, like, the big three didn't fucking, you know, pay a bunch of players. So Ice Cube is, like, again, like, the thing is, the reason why people who don't think that, you know, Ice Cube is being political and you're just talking about the big three, because there is probably, like, behind-the-scenes corruption and, like, you know, cutthroat-level shit going on behind the scenes in the NBA. Whatever, right? Like, I could fucking believe that. But if, like, you know, if that was, like, so fucking, you know, like... Oh my god, we gotta keep this a secret. Like, Ice Cube would... Like, Tucker Carlson wouldn't allow Ice Cube to fucking say that on his show. You know what I mean? With the cold soul, like, you know... with the, But because he's doing the anti-vaccine thing... And all that kind of shit... Because he's doing that all of a sudden now... You know, he's like, you know... He's like... People just think that he's talking about... Oh my god, his experience, but... 
It's like these celebrities, especially... I get for some reason, with the cold, you can call out political agendas whenever it's left-leaning fucking shit. But whenever it's like for the the, the vaccine shit, people are going to be like, oh, you can have a difference of a fucking... People, people who... Because people in my life that use that too. And the, you know what I mean? And like, it's like, it's like people I don't even know what they've been up to because they've kept me in the dark. And they only bring me out when like... I guess they fuck. I guess they bring me out so that like when all oh, shit hits the fucking fan, and then they'll be like, "Oh, look, he was associated with people that you know." Did. Again, and if if people who who I know did that, they can go. They can go to fucking hell. That's why I'd rather fucking be dead than ever be associated with that. But there's people in my life who have fucking uh, like friends I know who have said like because like you know I'm so uh, head against like like you know like um, agenda level fucking shit for the right wing. So when you know that people are gonna sell out to the to the right wing, like they'll come they'll come to you and go, you know the the it's okay to disagree on things. No no no. If you're aligning with far right fucking shit, that's not a level of disagreement. I don't give two shits. That's why I I I don't want to align again. The, 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 they're basically forcing my hand to have to align. If, if again, I I don't even want to watch wrestling anymore. But in order for me to like get ahead, in like the the, the wrestling thing, and like to be considered like you know. Um, someone can get access and all that kind of shit. I have to fucking, you know, align with different fucking networks officially. Even though, like, I, I, like the thing is, like, if, if I knew the trajectory of where some of these people are fucking going, but it seems like most people are going more to the fucking right wing. Especially when there's association with the Stern Show shit. Because, again, if anyone's associated with the Stern Show shit, I'm not fucking being involved with that. You know what I mean? So what? So what? So 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 you guys can promote a fucking you know Hansy versus Shuli fucking shit. Nah, I don't. I'm, I don't give a shit. I don't care to address those fucking again. I I don't like the fucking Stern Show, fucking fandom, like the the ones that really fucking you know actually genuinely like me. Yeah, you're fine. You're cool. Whatever. I'm not gonna generalize all of you, but there's a lot of the fucking Stern fandom and the fucking Stern personalities and the people that are associated that I regret ever fucking telling them they're fucking funny. Because I wanted to get close to the Stern Show. You think I really wanted to fucking listen to Miserable Men? At times it was kind of funny, but at the same time, like, you know, come on. It's like, you know, it's like Bob Levy. I don't give two shits. You know how many fucking people I had to pretend are fucking, you know, funny? I, I, I want to pretend, you know. All of them have gone to the fucking right wing, so. And they, and they all monitor my fucking podcast, but they can't admit they monitor it. Once in a while, they'll bring it up in, like, a demeaning way. Can you believe this maniac does podcasting? I don't know. You maniacs go on the fucking Stern Show subreddit and talk about a fucking dying fucking show for the last fucking 10, 15 years. How many fucking message boards have you guys fucking had to talk about this dying piece of shit fucking show that's fucking caused more damage? So you guys love to fuck... And, and, and then, you know, and because you guys don't have any fucking lives, you guys decide to want to harass and fucking... Uh, like, you decide you want to harass other members who left the fucking show. And maybe those people are assholes too, and maybe they fucking deserve it, but... With the call, I don't know. Like, I just... Again, how can you fucking judge me? Even if you have a fucking night, like, 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 even people that fucking, know, like, you know, who might know me, you know what I mean? Like, for like, like, how can, like, you know, like, they have the nice aesthetic, and yet they monitor me, they keep an eye on everything I fucking say, 
You know what I mean? They have to fucking organize fucking, you know, uh, group chat fucking comments and practice how they're going to act because everyone has to be a fucking personality. No one wants to be a fucking human. So, I don't know. So, whenever, so, so basically, you know, big boy, you know, any public figure, because again, you're, you're judging these public figures like they're, again, this is the mistake of making it seem like these public figures are just like regular fucking people. Because then they get used for the fucking 24 7 news cycle to then incorporate into the political fucking shit. So then people like, you know, Anna Kasparian and Jen can climb up because they're fucking such star fuckers for, you know, sl- the thing is, like, you know what I mean? Like, like, like none of these people are fucking interesting enough. But, the, but, but, but a lot of the, uh, the, that's why a lot of these political commentators don't ever really want to, like, tackle, like, like, you know, what danger element the entertainment business and what kind of fundamentalism is going on there because all these fucking political commentators want to be fucking sports entertainers. And that goes for people on the fucking left as well. Like, you might not have the same intention as somebody on the far fucking right. I'm not trying to, you know, equate, equate the le- like, you know, the actual left with the fucking right. But the, the people that I do equate with the left and the right are people who are kind of like the post-left types who are, like, b- making it seem like the far right or the lesser of the fucking evils, which I don't understand. And, I, and 10 years ago, I probably would have fallen for that. And I kind, I kind, kind of was in 2000. 18 or 19, because, of, you know, because people in your life fucking, you know, um, like, you know, people in your life are, are, are enablers and fucking, you know, mental abusers, in my personal opinion, where, like, you know, they're not setting me, they aren't telling me what's fucking gonna come, what's to come, like, you know, what, what the, re- like, you know, what real narratives are fucking there, they just pretend like they, they act like they're fucking smarter, and then they fucking don't fucking educate you. And they, 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 some of them I know, some of the people I know have fucking, like, almost taken play. Like, for example, when somebody I fucking knew knew about Glenn Greenwald, what kind of fucking person he may be, or what he is, like, fight, fighting, like, what his intentions are, it's like, that per, the, the, the people would have rathered me, like, continue to, to continue to go on the trend of just blindly, uh, just defending Glenn Greenwald because he was going at some of the fucking Democrats. You know what I mean? And because at, th- at that time, he was still going after fucking the right wing as well, right? Seemingly. But he was all, you know, but it was like, but that was like their way of transitioning to that fucking way. But, pe- but people you know would rather you, you know, they, 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 people, they, they, people who, who want to have like, like who want to fucking be part of your fucking life, like who will find every, like even some of the people on fucking Periscope. Like, they'll still try to fucking find a way to, like, be a part of your fucking life when you don't trust who they're... It's like the system has to, like, have certain people that they're associated with, and they need, like, their fucking feds or their fucking agents to still be involved in my fucking life somehow. To cause more fucking problems. And I don't don't want any of you in my fucking life. I don't give give a shit. You know what I mean? I I I don't even respond to certain fucking people. People, some people that, that keep from Periscope that still try to fucking message me on fucking Twitter. Like I don't want to talk to you. I already told you. And if you keep fucking you know like you know interrupting me, then I'm gonna assume that you're you, the, oh, you can try to be nice to me all you fucking want. But the call I I already know what your intentions are by trying to constantly 
you know, be a force in my fucking life. I don't want you in my fucking life. And I know by me saying that now you're going to still have to have some alignment with like connection. So like if you can't, if you can't fucking align with me, then you still want to like, like for some reason be associated on some level. So you're going to align with people that fucking hate me. It's much easier to fucking do that. Be aligned with people who, you know, that's, that's why certain people want to align with me so they can fucking, you know, because again, if you become a public figure, there's always going to be people that fucking hate you. So people are going to align with you for the purpose of, uh, uh, for the purpose of like, you know, them getting their own fan base, but based off fucking the hatred for you, basically. And I'm not fucking doing that. You know what I mean? And I'll, I'll, I don't care if I look like the maniac, I'll fuck, cause, cause I know everyone's intention, everyone has fucking faulty fucking intention, but I'm not fucking letting anyone fucking, you know, try to fucking manipulate me anymore, I don't care how much fucking, and the only reason why so many people in my life or anyone in the, in the, in the stern world and all that, or, or whatever, but the, the only reason why you're allowed to fucking get away with this because you're protected. I mean, you're protected by fucking the worst kinds of people on the fucking planet. Don't fucking do that to me. So, I don't know. Another guy being normalized by, quote-unquote, progressive, the intercept and all that, is uh, Chris Rufo, who was, like, the guy that Basically, again, I'm sure he's, he has a, a lot of shady associations. I can't memorize all of it, but he's one of the fucking guys that I think he's like the, one of the main founders of like the whole anti-critical race theory movement, I guess. And he is being interviewed by, you know, like softball fucking interviews. The ones that you would expect by the mainstream media. See, the mainstream media will get fucking mad for softball interviews from the mainstream. See, whatever alt-media fucking people do that, it, it's, again, it's reeks of, like, oh, I'm going to be anti-WWE. Because being anti-WWE on the surface, that makes me, you know, more fucking credible. So, you're, so anything you say, you can keep shitting on CNN, MSNBC, and Fox News. But, you know, you guys are your own fucking propaganda fucking, you know tool now you guys are you know not not credible at all whatsoever and of course the intercept would fucking also then you know turn to shit as well it's, it's like all these fucking you know quote-unquote progressive fucking platforms have like you know like uh, like between tyt and the intercept it feels like a lot of you guys have like you know created a lot more um, fundamentalist, white supremacist type fucking people with white supremacist talking points. For some, for some odd reason, you know what I mean? Like, you guys are supposed to be against the fucking system, but you're just pretending to be against it so you could normalize more fucking fascist fucking shit. And the reason, and, and you know your side is gonna fucking, you know, well, you know, get the advantage, so that's why you're fucking all fucking going on that fucking side. And I would rather fucking die than ever join that fucking side. Yeah. What the fuck are you, Amina? Oh, Tom, you don't have to see the monthly statement for this place. Why, Harrod, you fucking money out of here. No, Tom, you're right. I don't. That shit goes on trees? Ice? No, I, I don't. What, are you getting kill
ice tone when it hangs around. Georgia, be quiet. But it gets watery. It dilutes the drinks, especially scotch. <laughs> I don't know if it if, if it picked up, you know. Hold on one second. So yeah, I don't know. I just you know I had fucking Sopranos on the back. I, 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 whenever I'm on the TV room and I'm doing the podcast, I always put like episodes of Sopranos on, basically. You know what I mean? But um, yeah. What's it called? Uh, you know, I again. What's it called? Like. I find that, like, the uh, content creators now, you can go off about, like, how, you know, I, I theorize shit and all that, fine. You don't have to agree, some of my fucking ones are really fucking out there. I get it. But, like, here's something irresponsible that I find that a lot of content creators are doing a lot now. From some of the fucking, you know, like, whether it's, like, you know, pop culture shit, whatever, or, you know, whatever. Like, this whole discussion from people online or, you know, content creators about uh, the kidnappings, the false kidnappings, abductions that are hoaxes. And it's like, they're advocating for, like, the max kind of punishment for doing such a horrible thing. But if you actually, you know, talked about maybe how some of this 24-7 news cycle viral fucking shit is, like, funded... In my personal opinion, I think it's funded by billionaires, it's funded by the, you know, entertainment fucking shit. Like, you know what I mean? You, you wouldn't think so because you think, like, entertainment shit is only what's in show business or what's, like, in, like, you know, the radio shows or podcasting and all that kind of stuff. But, like, the social media shit, I feel like a lot of, like, the really, really viral fucking moments are always organized. So even if you're, like, about, like, oh, the max punishment for somebody that would do this abduction fucking hoax because it takes away from the... Here's the thing, nobody fucking gives a shit about the real fucking uh, kidnappings anyways, right? Like, people act like, oh, well, I'm going to be alarmed about the, you know, the real kid... It's like, some of you are not really alarmed by it. But at the same fucking time, you know, but the call, if you really wanted, uh, you'd probably get on the fucking people who are organizing this shit to go down, not, like... Like, like even like the people like even like the like the like the like the little kid, like the eleven year old kid, like, like he or she was put up to it. Cause I mean, there was one recently about eleven year old kid that was like being taught a lesson, and it's like they're advocating for like, like this kind of fucking you know punishment. Like, like even the that's why that's why the showbiz shit is promoting hypersexuality, right? Because, again, because, like, you view conservative shit as, like, um, like, you view the fucking fundamentals conservative shit as, like, oh, like, they don't want, like, they want the women, uh, not, like, you know, um, like, they want them, like, you know, obedient and all that kind of shit and want them dressing more conservative and, you know, going back to the old school level fucking shit, right? Old school level of thinking. So then automatically you think anything, like, and I'm not saying regular people, like if regular people go, hey, I want to get naked because it's liberating to me. What the call, like, I totally understand that. What the call, like, as long as you want to fucking do it, no one's fucking forcing you. 
But when people think that in show business that they're, you know, doing that as, like, liberation, I feel like it's, like, part of, like, like the system fucking, you know, forcing some of these people to, like, guys and girls, whatever, to kind of, like, do the things they're doing so that it makes it seem like it's getting so out of control that you're going to fucking then get people into a fundamentalist fucking line of thinking where you're going to be like, oh, okay, we got to shut it all down. Like, you know, with the, with the Britney Spears shit, whatever. Like, because you only focused on the fucking dad element that he, you know... Not that the fucking entertainment world got her dad to be the fucking villain in this. Then the other person she's with, it might be her handler as well. And they're probably, you know, getting her to do all this fucking, you know, this... uh, <clears throat> Like, you know, all the stuff that she's doing recently. All these stunts she's doing... And then you have the same people that were like, oh, my God, we got to help Britney Spears and going, all right, now they're going back to like, oh, maybe we should have, um, maybe we should have like, you know, give her a conservatorship, basically. You see, even when you get your vindication, they still make you a fucking character. That's why I wouldn't want any of that fucking scripted vindication, because then they would make me. Then, you know, I'll get like moment, you know, a moment of fucking vindication then I'll have to fucking go into the problematic shit again, basically. And become even more fucking crazy. Because it's supposed to fucking, you know, break you down, rebuild you a little bit before people you know and other fucking people will fucking tear you down again. But they still need you a fucking... You know what I mean? And, and they don't want to admit that, what's it called? Like, I'm the... Me or other fucking cog that you're fucking using as guinea pigs are holding this shit to fucking gather. And that's why people will, you know, who know your trajectory will come and approach you and pretend to be fucking nice to you even though they have, you know, even though they've been planning behind the fucking scenes of an overall fucking thing, whatever. I, I, I don't think I don't fucking know that. And even if you succeed in fucking taking me out, I, you know, from the grave, I'll fucking haunt your fucking spirit. Again, with a cold, you can't prove anything spiritually, right? By the way, with the cold, not only now are they, uh, un- we're moving into a whole new fucking world of shit. What, like, this whole, like, the whole, um, privatizing, like, the go- my personal opinion, the goal of privatizing education and all that kind of shit by first, like, eliminating books. But now, like, there's, like, I think in Texas this is being done, but I'm sure it's going to be expanding. But, like, in at least, like, at least, like, 20 or so different schools, maybe like, it's a little bit higher. They're replacing libraries with disciplinary disciplinary centers, basically. I can't even say. That's what's going to trigger my fucking speech impediment. Disciplinary, 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 disciplinary. I don't know. I gotta, fuck it. Yeah, so I don't even know what the fuck that means, but, you know. Since we're moving more into a fucking far right-wing thing, I'm sure, like, that has some type of, like, you know, militant level, like, corporal fucking, like, I'm imagining, like, corporal level fucking punishment, basically. They're gonna turn all those schools into, like, you, you know, those schools that, uh, that one school that, uh, Tony Soprano s- helped send Vito Jr. to? Like, they're, try- they're probably trying to make those schools that, I mean, they've already normalized, you know, uh, uh, child labor and shit, right? 
And, you know, they let you know about the child laborers and the laws being loosened for more child labor shit. And people don't even fucking think that the right wing is running a fucking muck. Like, people don't think the right wing is running a muck at all whatsoever. But, like, they think fucking, oh, my God, they're acknowledging that trans people exist. That's what fucking is going. And then you have people like TYT who will then equate that fucking shit, knowingly doing that. And they can all fucking, you know, fuck off with that. By the way, this there's also another story about how there's a level of rich defendants, like, who've committed crimes or whatever, financial crimes, whatever. They're turning their mansions into, um... Into, into 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 prisons with guards and all that kind of shit. And then the guards are obviously like, you know... The, the, the thing is, like, even if they're doing fucking time, obviously, it's like your own fucking personal, like, level fucking, uh, you know, country c- club prison, essentially. But, like, part of me wonders, like, if these guys are gonna end up... Like, because, again, if, if you're already having fucking, you know... um like, doing your prison time in your own fucking mansion and all that kind of shit. And, and, and plus, people only think that the mansions are just a mansion. But I can, I can imagine that in the basements and all that kind of shit, there's probably, like, ways to fucking, you know, escape and go somewhere else. Because that's why I always feel like certain people or certain org- like people who belong to organizations suddenly start getting fucking mansions because maybe the mansions are by an area where... Like, you know, where you, you're, you're operating underground, essentially. But p- part of me thinks that the reason why you're hearing about this is because if, let's say, you know, like some of these fucking really, really rich defendants have their fucking mansions, and they, let's say they have, like, and it goes more into a fascist fucking world. Maybe the fucking regular people that, like, they're fucking, you know, they're, their goons are gonna fucking pick up and kidnap whatever... Or like the one that they uh, that they think that is like you know like the one like, like for example, if they think that like, if if they're like right wing whatever, and they're under the whole QAnon thing, and they're gonna think that anybody who they don't like is a groomer or a pedophile whatever, they will like take their enemies basically and basically have them being, pr- be prisoners in these mansions essentially, for like the rich and the elite. Like, we're literally, I th- I think we're literally moving into that fucking phase. You know what I mean? With the cold, you can't tell me that, like, oh, that's too far. I mean, look what you're fucking normalizing. Uh, I, again, with the cold, I, wa- I want to, again, a, a lot of the alt media, like, who, like, again, like, I'm not saying that you have to defend the fucking U.S., I think the U.S. doesn't have any imperialistic fucking, you know, intentions with this Ukraine and fucking, you know, and this uh, Russia Russia war going on. Like, you should support, like, like because I don't believe it's a country, because I don't believe that the whole, because, I mean, like, uh, like when people say, oh, I, I got to condemn Russia. So if you condemn Russia, then all of a sudden everyone who are in the alt media or the online spaces, they automatically fucking start going, oh, you're a U.S. imperialist fucking, you know, apologist and all that kind of shit. No, I can fucking acknowledge what the U.S. has fucking done. I think for far too long, like, maybe it was more fucking, you know, unique and fucking genuine in the 2010s because you're establishing the long list, the laundry list of fucking shit the U.S. has done and continues to do. Like the neocons and the neoliberals and all that kind of shit. 
but then at the same time, you know, a lot a lot of you got cocky by thinking that if you point out another country, like the country leaders are also fucking shitheads, then that automatically means... I think that that's why I... Not that I don't want to condemn Russia or Putin or anything like that, but I don't want to use U.S. imperial... People who have been discredited, I don't want to use their talking points. When the, when the talking points are like, the good old U.S. of A is gonna triumph over the evil Russia. Like, they do what you do, that kind of shit. Like, they, like you know, and, and what's been done under the name, under that fucking guise in, in other fucking areas, then it, it makes you go, okay, what the call? I don't really trust your fucking side either. That's why I don't think it's country versus country. Meaning that, like, people who support the neocons in other fucking, like in China or in fucking Russia... Right or in fucking Syria, whatever, they'll call out the fucking you know they won't con- they won't like you know t- tell you about that, but then they'll call out the neocons and what the U.S. has done and what's being done. Like you know what I mean, what the right wing trajectory system is doing, even though it'll be under the guise of Biden doing this, whatever. Right, so then you go yeah, what the call the U.S. is doing some fucking horrible fucking shit, whatever. Um. So what the call so that means that like you have to automatically take the other country's fucking side completely, but then at the same time those people who are taking the other like, who are blindly supporting Russia and all that kind of shit, they won't fucking you know like let you know that like the same, ne- like the same neocons that they are aligned with with over the the same like right wing that they're aligned with over there has connection to the far right wing and the neocons and some of the neoliberals in the US but just because they're doing the country versus country shit. Like for example, like I feel bad for like Russian citizens who may have been affected by that fucking strike um in Moscow basically. But the thing is because like, you know, like all the fucking, you know, uh, not like un like not so trustworthy people in the alt media spaces that are more dominating the algorithm, like I don't trust like their fucking narrative, and like you know what I mean. Like I don't trust their fucking narrative of making it seem like, oh, Ukraine did this uh, unprovoked whatever and all that kind of shit. When it's like, well, you know, Russia's trying to invade them, but then if you point that out, then it's like, well, you don't look. The other shit that went on before with you know. It's 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 like it's like the it's like, it's like members of the U.S. are playing both sides of the fucking fence. Both sides of the fucking fence. Like I support the people of fucking Ukraine. Even though they, even though the stuff that is like, like you know the stuff that on the surface, like at the at these like, like at these summit meetings over like in a different country, it feels like in the midst of like real people, like people dying and being fucked over and all that kind of shit, it's like you're having like sports entertainment also, being promoted. You know what I mean? Like, oh, look, Zelensky, what the call, didn't get a hug. And he's standing there clueless. Like, to be, like, in, in the, like, they know that that shit is gonna go fucking viral. Like, you know what I mean? Like, in the midst of, like, real shit going down. And, like, like you know, real horrible shit going down. In the midst of all that, they still have time to do theatrical sports entertainment that's gonna, like, be... Like, you know, levitating, you know, comedy into the whole situation. Even though, like... Lives are on the fucking line and shit like that. You know what I mean? And then, and then, and then, with the cold, um, you know, then there's this whole thing happening with, uh, like Putin, Putin basically helping out, um, 
like shut down, like you know, helping with the de- with the debt that certain um wh- um African countries are having, whatever and all that. I don't know what's going on with the whole summit between uh, Africa and Russia, or, or certain countries from Russia and whatever, right? And the the the, the U.S. media is making it seem like it's not going so well. But then the people who are online saying it is going fucking like mean that I'll I'll look it up. Right, there's you know what I mean I'll 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 look up and like basically all the blue check marks and all the fucking people that already have other problematic fucking you know views and all that kind of shit, they're the ones who are hyping this up. So like, you know, and again with the call with the call I I know the I know the U.S. has fucking like the like the like you know like the fucking U.S. Empire has done fucking horrible shit like like for example when someone goes oh they're trying to make it look like russia are the one that are help organizing this coup in um in 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 um in in niger whatever right like like, like you know what i mean but it's like you know but it's the u.s doing it but you know there could be the fucking neocon types from russia and from fucking the u.s that's why I, again that's why i'm trying to fucking not look at this shit in the country versus country fucking lens. I think that's such an uh an old school um eighties approach that like there's so much more that's fucking advanced in the whole fucking and then it it feels like the smart people online and also in the mainstream media, they kinda wanna have like they're they're making it seem like by aesthetic that like because it matches like the past that it means that it has to be that way completely, even though there's I feel like there's more advancement and that we're not being told about, in how it operates. <coughs> I don't know. And and by the way, I guess what to call like you know, um, see again, this is why people will think that fucking Trump fucking people are fucking dumb, even though they're not. In in the sense that like they'll act fucking like for example, I I guarantee you because a lot of fucking Trump uh, supporters and you know some of the fucking people in 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 Congress and all that kind of shit are gonna basically now be anti Bill Barr because Bill Barr said publicly that if Trump gets a nomination he wants to jump off a fucking bridge, so you're gonna see how vitriolic they will be towards you know um to Bill Barr. Even though, it, to me, it, it always feels like it's a limited babyface run of someone that should always be a fucking heel that's trying to do a babyface run. So it basically makes you go, oh, look. Like, mean that you should be alarmed that fucking, if, like, if like you know, anyone that kind of, um, like, you know, kind of, uh, you know, besmirches their fucking leader, Trump, they will fucking attack you, like, hound. Like, that, that's the alarming thing. But, like, I'm not going to feel bad for fucking Pence or Bill Barr because I don't really feel that's genuine. I feel like eh, he'll get a little media run. You know, he'll get a little... He'll be talked about the discourse for the next week or so about how, like, oh, look, now they're turning... And, and then they constantly remind you about what... what, what some people will be like, hey, man, don't, don't um, you know, um, you know, don't, don't babyface Bill, Bill, um, you know, um, Bill Barr, basically. Don't, like, you know, babyface him because... You know, he still did awful fucking shit, but sometimes the bare minimum of Trump people being against you will make you a baby face in the discourse. Yeah, I don't know. And and again, um, the other, because I believe that show business is, um, you know, fueled by, you know, far-right fundamentalism, in my personal opinion... 
Um, you know, again, because whenever there's anything problematic about an industry, especially in, in this era, it's always under the guise. Because, again, like, you know how, like, uh, show business has, like, diversity. And it seems like a lot of liberals are into some of the stuff that, you know, listen, li- listen to the music, listen to, like, you know, uh, you know wa- they watch these movies and all that kind of stuff, and they advocate for, like, you know, hey, cool, a more progressive, um, you know, uh, in, in a limited guy is whatever. So whenever show business is fucking, you know, supposed to be this evil, it always has to be from the conservative viewpoint of, like, this is Satanism. So now there's a revelation about what some YSL members were... And, and, and trust me, when they say that, oh, a young thug didn't want this being out there, it's like, then we wouldn't have fucking heard about it. You know what I mean? Like, we, we're hearing about it because it's supposed to be out there. But, like, now they're letting you know that, like, you know, some YSL members were sacrificing goats and some... The thing is, I, I, I believe it's under some fucking right-wing fucking fundamentalism shit that's going on with there. Like, even with this um this Ice Spice controversy, right? In apparently in her in her in, in her in her new video apparently, there's like a fucking maybe a YouTube influencer or someone or someone whatever, that's sixteen, that was twerking in the fucking video, and I guess just the nature of like just doing because twerking is essentially like people think it's like, it's like you know again well Ice Spice does sexual fucking like content for a thing, so like so so now they're pointing so it, it's like, it, it, like even though like to regular people like this fucking like, you know. Uh, pedophile groomer shit and all that, you know, all these problematic things that are going on. Like, th- these things are alarming, right? But it feels like these things are fucking for showbiz shit, like in the discourse. It's all disposable for it to be a controversy where we're debating it. You know what I mean? So, there, so, 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 so like, there's another example of getting a celebrity to play along with an agenda to add to, like, peop- to conservative-type um, fucking people to basically push back to of show business because, you know, halt, because show business, like the the music world and all that can only be, um, you know, it can only be fucking corrupt and fucking grooming if it's under the guise of showbiz world, like the showbiz world being kind of liberal, you know what I mean? Or, or being pro-liberation of like, you know, uh, uh, like, you know, of like, you know, like promoting sexuality and all that kind of shit. There's, like, there's nothing wrong with like, you know, somebody... Like an artist being sexual, that's what she wants to be. But I feel like they're trying to make it, make make it seem like society is being so fucking hypersexual, that like oh there's there's gonna be no choice but for you know good intentioned you know uh, old school level people to get like old school fucking thought done basically. That's why I say the fundamentalism with religion, is like it has it ha- in my personal opinion it's part of the same co- different side of the same coin, with fucking the showbiz shit. But, like, you wouldn't think that because you think, you know, um, evangelical fundamentalists, like the, you know, the, the transparent examples where you don't see the subtle fucking shit going on, basically. By the way, you want to hear some fucking shitty comedy? If, if you haven't been hearing, you know, you, you, the... The the attempts at humor that I do are you know this this attempt from Max Blumenthal makes me look like fucking you know Eddie Murphy and no, I'm joking I don't know but uh, but basically dude this is like like this would have like 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 this would have like at least 
been like, oh yeah, truth teller vibes in the 2010s. Now, now I never heard somebody pretend to be like Max Blumenthal pretending to be this anti-establishment guy because he panders to, you know what I mean? And again, like, like this is why I'm t- telling you that, what to call these people who are associated with Max Blumenthal and people who always criticize the entertainment and the hackiness and w- wanting a, a better entertainers out there. Like, if you're someone that's a, that's a comedian... And you railed against Hannah Gadsby and all that kind of shit. Oh, I was like, oh, can, is comedy going to be like this? Do you, as comedians, and I know some of you secretly listen, do you really, like, think creating your own political correctness world where, like, this type of, like, the type of humor you're going to putting out is actually fucking good? Like, the fact that like, you let, again, as, as somebody, like, you know, again, if, you, if you're a fucking, like, somebody that's proud of the comedy industry, like, why don't some of you fucking, like, 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 Bill Burr's, like, a, probably a leader in the comedy fucking world. Like, he's probably, like, one of, like, the Illuminati heads who gets to determine who can be a comedian. Like, can you get him to, like, go and judge this and fucking say, you know what, I don't want this guy in fuck Like, wh- why do a lot of you, like, why do a lot of you that lean more right allow some of the shittier fucking comics to exist? Like, you, like, if, if anyone's liberal, like, you guys will read them the riot act of how fucking hacky they are. You'll pile on fucking, you know, Carlos Mencia for stealing a joke, even though, like, a lot of you fucking steal fucking jokes, but then you decide when to make it a fucking gimmick. Because maybe people will be catching on too much. But, like, the fact that you let Max Blumenthal... And, again, like, you, you, you're you not a fucking comedian. And whoever's writing you... Like, whoever's writing fucking his material... Or, if Kurt Metzger's writing this, this is the shittiest fucking shit you fucking have ever wrote. You know, hold on a second. Let me... And I wouldn't like to have known AOC when she was just an ambitious, smart young girl from White Plains named Sandy before she transitioned to Latinx. You know, she's so angry now, and there's like a discarded box of Francia behind her. She's screaming it into Instagram, like, you fascists. I don't really have a punchline there. I just, you know, wanted to say. He, he doesn't have a punchline there. Signs of a great fucking comedian. Jesus fucking Christ! If any any of it, this is what I'm t- telling you, it doesn't matter if you're a fucking good comedian. It, I'm I'm not judging this because of his stupid political, his shitty fucking political shit. Like I'm judging it as I'm a fan of fucking comedy. Like if if you're like someone that like fancy yourself like a, a comedian and you put this fucking on, like you're complete and utter fucking shit. Like even even the people there who go, well, we have to blindly support them because they're on our side. We have to fucking like they don't even want to pretend to fucking laugh at this shit. This is, this is my this is my problem when 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 people like are associated with like different fucking cliques and group chats and all that kind of shit, and you're only funny with your group chat and people can't even be honest about like your actual comedy terms and we have to fucking suffer. Like, I mean, there's many people who are shitty, like who are really shitty with their fucking humor, but like you can tell that like, they've only been told like they're fucking funny in their fucking group chats, and it's like holy shit. Like now you gotta fucking suffer from their fucking shitty fucking jokes. And then, the, and then somehow you're in, in competition with them because they get mad that something I say, like something that might come off genuine. Like out of like ten attempts of jokes, I think maybe I can hit maybe two out of ten, maybe. And that's and that's I'm talking about in a realistic fucking way. You know what I mean? Like I I could have pretend people pretend that all my jokes fucking hit, but in in this era, it's it's not possible for all your jokes to hit. So if people are laughing at like literally everything you're fucking saying, that normally means that like. They have to fucking pretend. 
See, this is like this is an example of people not t being honest with Max Blumenthal and telling him, "Hey, dude, you're not like like dude like you know what you could pass for this when you were like maybe like pretending to be a good guy, and you're you're more like you know not acting like a personality. You're trying to be more of a fucking journalist now. Like for some reason." Like, he's adopted shitty politics, and now he gets to fucking be a fucking, you know, a, someone that pretends to be a fucking comedian. This is embarrassing. Like, you, like, like, like you, I guess it's like a new common thing for people to, like, suck at fucking comedy now, or hacks from fucking the past are gonna come out and be a parody of what they fucking were, because the real comedy is happening in fucking Congress. Holy shit, this is... years ago him like mentioning like oh you know, you know let's go let's attack these guys for all the fucking shit that that, that you know they lied about uh iraq md like dude i ne i've never felt like in an era in this in this era where that shit now has feel so fucking watered down like t 10 years ago you guys could have sufficed with that whole like oh they lied about like w w md's and all that kind of shit and people would be like yeah man that's fucking fucked up whatever but now you guys have prostituted it so much because now you guys have adopted other fucking you know far right wing fucking propaganda that you're fucking railing against the illegal fucking wars it means that you you guys are on the same side as those people but those people have pretended to like align with biden and be anti fucking trump but they're actually with the fucking system. God, dude, this is a comedy fucking show, dude. Holy fucking, dude. He and he's and he's lying, by the way. You know what I mean? He's acting like he didn't give up his fucking principles because it sounds anti-establishment. You you guys have probably been helping Big Pharma more than what they're called. Then you claim that pro-vaccine people are. You know, it was my, my my socialist friends were so into the vax. They that they they all wanted to take like the Chinese vax. They thought it was like injecting socialism into their veins. <laughs> One of them took the, the, the Chinese Sinovac so many times they started transmitting 5G signals from Huawei. Zelensky oh shows up at NATO looking like a kid dressed up as GI Joe for Halloween, and he's like, I need the HIMARS, I need the javelins. Give me the custom munitions. He's walking around like snorting, acting like a pimp. Bitch, better have my money. Bitch, better have my cluster bombs. He's snorting all the. Oh time. my god, dude! Even if you agree with this guy's fucking takes, like, can't some of you be honest that this is shitty fucking comedy? Dude, like everything about everything about everything about who told Max Blumenthal he's allowed to fucking be a fucking you know sports entertainer. But then again, the most mediocre fucking people hyped this fucking guy up. It, it, it wasn't about replacing the status quo. It was about 
creating their own fucking status quo. So now you gotta fucking suffer and have Max Blumenthal's fucking uncharismatic fucking face in everywhere. While Aaron Maté fucking pretends to be fucking interesting. What? Here's a kicker. This is how he ends it. Hold on. Oh my god, you tell that Kurt, you tell that's Kurt Metzger's fucking jokes. Oh my god, it's fucking horrible. And apparently it was that, I, I, again, I, I, I don't know what the fuck Magoobies is, but apparently people are using that as a fucking, t you know. But again, what they're called, you know, this is what this was what's gonna replace in comedy essentially. If if you're gonna if 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 you're gonna make you know Max Blumenthal a fucking thing, then at least like, you know, shorten the fucking name. You know what I mean? I'm 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 actually surprised. I I think I just want to manifest manifest them into like you know like him being like you know a guest on uh, Greg Gutfield's show, and he's like. Max Blue, ladies and gentlemen, you know what I mean? Like, he seemed like he would have to, like, like if Vince McMahon got his fucking, like, if, Vince, if you wanted to work for Vince McMahon, like, I mean, if Vince McMahon wanted to write your fucking discourse, Vince McMahon would be like, Max Blumenthal. No, we're going to shorten his name to Max Blue. We're seven to addict. You know what I mean? It's going to be something like that. You know what I mean? You need to have... I, I, I'm, I'm, actually, I'm actually waiting for... Um, like you know, if if they you know what I mean, I'm I'm waiting for like for example because like you know, academic is a rumble show. If like somehow Glenn Greenwald and fucking you know uh, and DJ Academics fucking I hook up on some level, and then you hear Max Blumenthal on fucking DJ Academics show, I'm sure like DJ Academics unironically will fucking start calling him Max B or something like that. You know what I mean? Like you know, he 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 seems like someone that fucking needs a fucking nickname because. His personality isn't fucking cutting it. Like I, I've, I've already made the fucking endless joke that you know if you sucked out the soul of Bill, Bo Bill Burr, and you took all of Bill Burr's charisma and his comedic timing and everything like that, you know you'd have fucking you know, Max Blumenthal essentially. Jesus Christ, that was, that was horrible. This is why comedy fucking is shit. This is a this is the state of it. You know what I mean? Like this is the state of it. You could literally, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Max Blue. 
I don't know. It just, it, it, dude, it just, everything, everything about the world just completely fucking utter shit. Yeah, I, I heard, I heard, I, I wrote that with the exact story, but I, I read the fucking headline about Midian. The guy that used to be Phineas Godwin, but he was Midian in, you know, the Attitude Era with the Ministry of Darkness. He, rev- he revealed that before that St- Stephanie, uh, Stephanie Undertaker fucking wedding, uh, the, the Ministry of Darkness wedding, whatever, that he actually dra- dropped acid. See, the thing is, I misread it, and I thought maybe he said that him and Stephanie dropped acid together or something like that. I could have sworn it was that. I'm like, dude, that's a wild shit. I would love to have been a fly on the wall like with the Attitude Era fucking people. Um, let me see. Let me see, because I think it's right, right here. Hold on. Uh, hold on. Uh, uh hold on. The Royal Progress take her kidnapped and Mary Stephanie in the darkest. Midian revealed that he was actually high on acid during that segment and taking LSD. So in the back and Brian was going, him and Tracy were fighting about something. It's always more... I don't want to read the whole fucking thing. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess he had LSD on Pop-Tarts and showed that. By the way, yo, that that Ministry of Darkness segment was probably the pro- that like if you if you do like if they didn't fuck up that angle, like I know like it was still over because McMahon and Austin McMahon and Austin ended their fucking you know feud technically, and the fully loaded pay per view in July ninety nine whatever, and then uh, he came you know what I mean, but like. Like you know, like you know how people always talk about the like McMahon and Austin alliance and how it ruined Stone Cold's character. If you had done the McMahon Austin alliance in a reluctant way in '99, in a, a babyface manner, that would have been well more received than the one in WrestleMania fucking seventeen. You know what I mean? Because like, because Austin did it. You know, like dude, everything tied in perfectly. You know what I mean? The like, you know, Shane McMahon was holding back the corporation. Working, working with the Undertaker, you know, knowing that he's working with the Undertaker, and you had all the people that had problems with the Ministry of Darkness trying to get involved, like Ken Shamrock, Big Show, and and stuff like that, and then like, they get stopped, and Stone Cold did it not because you know, not because, um, not because um, uh, he wanted to help McMahon, but it was the right thing to do, and I thought like the the like if you had like like you know Don Callis being like the leader of this, and you establish a new like type of fucking figure, you know, or if it was Christopher Daniels like they keep fucking saying I don't know why I think like people who book the random internet discourse like hey how would we just spread the rumor that Christopher Daniels was gonna be the fucking higher power, so it'll just be it'll be fodder for like asking questions and you shoot interviews and all that, but I think it, I thought like. I always assumed that it was going to be the jackal, Don Callis, on some level. I, I, I was thinking that, but then the thing is, the jackal wasn't seen. The reason why I thought that at first, 
because when the when the APA started, um, Don Callis was the one that was like recruiting. He was the one that was being seen with uh with with um with um um with JBL and um, Ron Simmons essentially. And then um. And then he just, he did he didn't really show up on television much, and he wasn't even on Raw. He was on Sunday Night Heat. That this was like kind of building a little bit. And then I just guessed, like my personal fucking feeling was because because again he because again he wasn't with WWE at this point anymore. I said it would make more sense for it to be Ted DiBiase, as the fucking higher power, because Ted DiBiase has a connection to the Undertaker. He is in kayfabe. He's a million dollar man, so he's like really, really wealthy. So he could have fucking power, you know. He could have some fucking political power in the wrestling world, whatever. So he can justify it. Plus, he would be getting revenge on Steve Austin, for, because I don't know if you remember when Steve when um when Steve Austin um was feeding with Savio Vega, and they they had that pay per view match right at uh, in your house. Beware of dog, but like the pay per view, um, you know, cut like you know the the power cut out, and it was like the first match, and then the last match was on, so they had to redo some of the matches, um, for our Tuesday fucking pay per view, plus showing you whatever right right so then, um, but then like with the Colts, so then on on the Monday Savio like you know um, on the Monday Night Raw, what's it called? Uh, Ted DiBiase put his job, put his um, manager license on the line, like you know his career on the line. And then in the storyline, they always like you know Austin was trying to win, but the last second Austin fucking you know set himself in a promo that he had to cut Ted DiBiase loose, so he basically at last second didn't really care about Ted. Di- like that was like the incident. I forget what the promo was, but the, you know it it made it made Stone Cold make it seem like he, you know in the in, in the middle of this match he was determined that, you know what, he needs to be free of Ted DiBiase, basically. So he was a reason in kayfabe why Ted DiBiase was, um... The reason reason why Ted DiBiase left was because Stone Cold, like, you know, basically kind of, like... (laughs) Admitted, at least, he took a dive in a way. Or, like, maybe he was willing to put the effort in, but then the last second he kind of goes, you know what, I don't need this. So I always thought that, you know, like, that would be a good revenge. Plus, you know, a million-dollar man has an alignment with Taker. So I thought it was a perfect fucking fit. I remember, I, 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 it was such a good booking idea that, like, I sold this to people at my school as, like, yo, this is definitely going to fucking happen. You know what I mean? Like, they're, good, they're not going to fuck up the story. And people are, some, 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 I guess some people are saying, if it ends up being McMahon, that's going to be so stupid. I'm like, dude, it's not going to be McMahon because Undertaker said in a promo that this guy is even higher power. He has even more power than Vince McMahon does. He has more money than Vince McMahon does. So I'm like, it can't be Vince McMahon. It can't be Vince McMahon, and it ended up being that. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, even though the Attitude Era was still fucking popular and all that kind of shit, and it was still doing good business, that's, like, what I'm talking about of, like, blowing, like, you know, messing up good fucking storylines. For, like, internet discourse, essentially. You know what I mean? This is why I don't like this era of fucking AEW. Because it's more... It's not about, like, actually... Like, building up actually good fucking storylines... And elevating fucking people. Now it's like... It's like storylines are supposed to be fucking up. So it serves the... Like, the it facilitates internet workshoot level fucking shit. 
And I'm telling you, that's water. That's watering down your entire fucking product. You know. I don't know. And by the way, FDR getting shit now because uh, they high fight a guy with a Jim Cornette fucking you know shirt. Again, listen, listen. If FDR claim. And and again, you know, people are like, well, you know, if FDR, um, you know, uh, uh, supports LGBTQ, then why wouldn't they fucking say anything about Cornette? But here's the thing, like, the reason why Cornette is allowed to get away with what he gets away with, like, I'm sorry about the bigoted shit, is because I, because again, when he was saying racist shit to Kenny King, right? Because And again, I'm pointing this out because in Kenny King, I guess he kind of, people have always hinted at Cornette being kind of in the closet, but Kenny King kind of went out at him. And then I remember Lance Storm kind of condemning... I'm, I'm not saying... I, 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 I don't even think Kenny King was being homophobic. He was just saying, you have shit-stained draws, whatever, and all that kind of shit. And then what the cold Lance Storm goes, oh, this guy's being homophobic, isn't he? It's like, well, you, you just ignore all the racist shit that fucking Cornette just said. And the, you know what I mean? Like, this is why I think that the, the wrestling business is not well off, like, as much as they want to pretend they, they are. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like, they'll pretend they are kind of in a way. But to me, that's the reason why Cornette's allowed to get away with, you know, so long. He can play the cis white straight guy, even though he's like, you know, to me, he's a, he's a cis gay dude who's closeted or, or bisexual. The thing, whatever showbiz people, you, you, again, what they call you think because like, you know, they fucking have probably, like, you know, do gay shit, whatever. You probably just think they're just gay, whatever. But they could be bi or they could be pansexual. But it's show business. Show business, like, you know, like when you have, like, you know, like, you know, fraternity-like orgies. It's like, you know, they're fucking, you know, pansexual. But the thing is, like, their views are so fucking bigoted. And maybe they think because, like, you know, they belong to, like, you know, like, oh, they belong to a certain delegation or whatever in the system. That they're allowed to fucking get away with their bigoted fucking comments. You know what I mean? Like, people will complain and shit. And I'm, but I'm, I'm not saying Cornette is, but, I mean, people have always hinted at that. And, and to me, it, it, it wouldn't surprise me because most of the fucking edgelords out there are always fucking, you know, self-hating, closeted fucking jerk-offs. Because, like, you know, like they, they, they would rather put out that fucking ignorance. Like, mean that, like, when you make references to, like, again, because Cornette speaks like a guy... That knows how the fucking mafia world and the wrestling world works. I mean that, like, for example, like, he knows that there's problematic fucking... So, like, for example, right, you'll... Like, I, I'm not saying this is fucking true, right? But because regular people who listen, who might listen to what, what he says, and he talks about how, like, Kenny Omega um, has a fetish for um, schoolgirl level. Like, you know, like, he, he makes like, that constant thing. And you're like, wow, that's fucking, you know, by assuming that he's dating some Japanese wrestler, woman wrestler or whatever, you assume that, like, he it's, like, under the guise of a fetish for a school. But then, thing is, like, the reason why Cornette m- might have more fucking knowledge about something like that, because, like, you know, members of, of, of like, you know, different industries, like, you know, like, they fucking, you know, like, operate in, 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 in fuckability type of politics where, like, like, you know what I mean? Like, they will fucking, you know, have that those kind of fucking attitudes. But Cornette is, like, you know, weaponizing it 
in the guise of, like, he, he would rather you think that he's just being ignorant, even though, like, everyone in these mafia institutions look at certain things a certain fucking way. Not saying it's right, but, like, you know what I mean? That, that's, why, that's why I want to call it interesting to hear Cornette talk the way he does, because you know that people actually kind of talk like that behind the fucking scenes. But Cornette's one of the guys that feels comfortable enough to do it because he knows that the people that he, you know, who are in the industry also talk like that. Even though regular people are going to pretend like, oh my God, Dax Harwood and Cash would never say stuff like that. But like, how do you know? That's why, that's why like a couple of months ago when Jeff Hardy was like, Matt Hardy was hacked or supposedly hacked on Twitter. And I, again, I always believe when, whenever, like, they do these random fucking things, like, you don't think, oh, my God, Matt Hardy would make these kind of jokes towards Jeff or, like, all that kind of stuff. But how do you know that wasn't him and they're just pretend- That was just their way of fucking promoting a fucking cryptocurrency. Because it, whenever these people hack shit, it always ends up being, like, a promotion for fucking cryptocurrency. Or, and then the, the, go, the go-to is always somebody just coming on someone's account just to say the N-word a bunch of times. To make it look like it's more, it's it's minimal in that regard. And then whenever you call out Cornette for being problematic, then his defenders have to go, well, that must mean that you support Vincent. But it's like, dude, Cornette supports fucking. It's because Cornette pretends to be opposed to Vince McMahon. And he criticizes his fucking booking. And he yells about Vince Russo. That doesn't mean that he doesn't fucking actually support... He doesn't actually support... It doesn't mean that he doesn't support Vince McMahon. Why, why are people so fucking, like, limited in that way? Then people start bringing up, like, Oh, well, this person, um, you know, you you support Vince McMahon who knew about Chris Benoit's death. But here's the thing. I think that whole case needs to be opened up again. My personal fucking opinion I know you're not. I know in order to be a quote unquote Chris Benoit truther, you have to be a right wing guy. Now I just think the fucking case. There's a lot of open fucking shit, and I also feel like by the system. And again, the system itself, like when you have, like for example, if Hornswoggle, for example, wasn't supposed to go out on a you shoot interview, to say this stuff, Vince McMahon would have fucking still told him, would have put orders in not to go fucking say that. The fact that you have people from the industry like Bill Apter or Hornswoggle or like like the plant the, the planting of fucking conspiracies online. Like people get mad at the conspiracies being planted online, but they don't ever want to fucking talk about how the system are the ones that are planting those conspiracies online. Because in the overall sense, you'll have something that will be true. But then if you can twist it, a bunch of right-wing shit in the midst of it, you could also then go, oh, okay, well, if the conspiracies are right, then they must be right about this right-wing one that, um, you know, I'm, I'm taking in. That's why, like, a lo- that's, that's why I, I always point out those, um, in the 2010s, there was a lot of these insider-type accounts that seemed like the Arkham Asylum weirdos that were, like, saying politically incorrect shit. But they're putting out fucking like a random like stuff that was quote unquote insider, and they're also followed by a lot of fucking people in the wrestling industries. When the whole cranky um, Vince McMahon thing came to light, it felt like the next couple of years, like the next like year or so, all those kind of accounts kind of disappeared. But from like two thousand like eleven to two thousand like at least sixteen seventeen, there were always these frequent accounts that were kind of like. Planting the seeds of like, uh, of conspiratorial thinking within the wrestling world, but then they'd also like twist it into their like, like their edge lord type of fucking shit.
That's why like, I, I started, like, you know, again, because they, they said some shit about Reed Flair, and I didn't fucking, like, and again, with the cold, like, I, I, I'm, I'm looking at this back 10 years ago, thinking, okay, well, if they're planting the seed now, that must mean that it will become fucking discourse, so do you pretend that this actually did happen, or are we just, is, is some sick fuck just using, like, their quote-unquote, pretend to be insiders, to basically spread fucking horrible rumors about what's what potentially Reed Flair may have fucking done or whatnot, whatever. And again, I don't even know if that's true or not. But that's why I try to look look at myself not as like a conspiracy theorist per se, but a conspiracy analyst who basically looks at the patterns of of the level of conspiracy. Like for example, when the Benoit one comes out. There's like eighty million other ones that, you know, like, like for example, Billy Jack Haynes said the most ridiculous one. You know what I mean? So when you sprinkle all these ones out there, and, the, and, the, and these are by fucking design. These guys are not speaking out of school, but you know what I mean. Once you're in that mafia world and you're doing you shoots, it's like you're allowed to fucking make some sort of fucking living doing you shoots. But Billy Jack Haynes would say fucking you know over the top ones about like. Oh, Vince McMahon killed Benoit because uh, Daniel Benoit is really Vince McMahon's son. You know what I mean? Like, like something like that. So when the most craziest conspiracy get, catches traction, obviously people are going to only focus on that one and then not, you know what I mean? I mean, the other one that people focus on that like Kevin Sullivan may have fucking been responsible. I mean, listen, I know people, what they call people will, will, will think that, like, oh, that, um, like that, like you know that Satanism, that, that you know that Satan fucking worshiping type of gimmick that he has, whatever is you know, you know is like just a gimmick, whatever. But like, when you're in in in, in like these entertainment things, it's like with through your entertainment, like your movie roles and television roles, it either shows you like what you represent in the fucking in 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 the in the in the system like you know what i mean like for that's why like you you in, in all these mafia movies or gang or are, are, are gangster fucking movies whatever right like dep- you know, dep- especially like depending on on uh, on like the race and all that kind of stuff you'll see that the same people who will always be like the same kind of roles in a lot of fucking like you know uh mo- like movies about the streets or movies about the mafia essentially so it always looks like to me it looks like it's always symbolism of where of of what they represent in the fucking system essentially and some of the roles you play like some of the things you're showing you know represent like for example i always, I always think that when like for example whenever they have like triple h being known as the king of kings right now even though it's a gimmick in the storyline the the symbolism the aesthetic of him dressing up as a king for his entrances like that's like symbolism of what he is in the um of he's like one of the, he's like w- one of many kings in in his industry essentially, you know what I mean? Like they always kind of plant that and they, they show you through the entertainment of that kind of stuff. But for some reason, people are just supposed to just separate the entertainment from whatever. But even though the entertainment is kind of like telling you what these people are and what they're fucking doing a lot of the fucking time, I don't know how many more times they gotta hit you over the head with it. And hide it in plain sight for people to realize it for some reason. The the only time people can buy into, oh, this is how the oh the the show is telling you a hundred percent truth, is when you have those shows like Succession, 
where they, they even though there's elements of fucking truth that in those, but it's a lot more organized than what they're fucking leading on. But 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 a lot, but, but a lot of like you know guys like TYT for example, they'll think like they they they're so desperate to have their own secession, secession storyline, they'll go yeah you see talk, 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 um, Rupert Murdoch he's 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 really like Logan Roy and he really must really hate Tucker Carlson. It's like dude don't like. You know, you can enjoy a fucking show and not fucking make it seem like, you know, it only... Like, you know what I mean? But then if you're going to do that with this kind of show, then can I argue that the show The Boys is kind of showing you how the celebrity and the elite fucking world kind of works behind the fucking scenes a little bit with the gimmick of superheroes? Whatever. Anyways, I'll come back with the recaps or other discourse as well. Peace out for a minute. I still didn't get to catch up with some new music, so, you know, I'm just playing stuff that's trying to be my favorite list. You can't go wrong with Chuck Berry, right? Darren versions on here. Johnny Cash must have killed the shit in this song. I don't think I've heard Johnny Cash's version. If I were a carpenter and you were a lady, would you marry me anyway? Would you have my baby? If you were a carpenter. I don't think I like this version. I, I, I think uh, the Bob, the Bobby Darren version is better. I think. I don't understand why it's not even on here. If a tinker was my trade, would I still find you? I'd be carrying the pot you made, following behind you. Save your love through loneliness. Save your love through sorrow. I gave you my own witness. 
I mean, there's Bobby Darren songs on here in, in Apple Music and shit, but or Spotify, whatever. Give me a second. I, I gotta go take a fucking wicked leak. Give me one second. If I were a miller and a mill wheel grinding, would you miss your colored blouse? And your soft shoes shining. If you were a miller and a mill will grind me, I'd not miss my colored blouse and my soft shoes shining. Save your love through loneliness, save your love through sorrow. I gave you my holiness, give me your tomorrow. in a later episode but I, I, I recently saw the episode again because I do like multiple rewatches of Sopranos when I'm like you know some episodes so it, it was when um, season 5 uh, no season 4 when Christopher shows up for the no work shit he goes to Patsy if I were a carpenter and you were a douchebag and we don't it's not even that fucking witty but it's such a realistic way of how people in like because again I, I've dealt with people who would like like always have songs in their head and then they would adjust the lyrics to something that's like not even that clever but like you know it's for like the situation you're in so like that's why I always cut that that's why I always dig the fucking dialogue in Sopranos a lot because the they use words incorrectly and I have had experience of using that you know all through my fucking life and plus you know they have like you know how uh, how cringy people can be in social settings when they think they're all being funny. You know what I mean? Like you know you 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 like notice that kind of shit a lot more. That's why like it's always sunny in Philadelphia as well because they kind of show you in practice how that um how that fucking uh, it shows you in practice how uh, like horrible people can be who consume. You know, the worst parts of entertainment, essentially, when they... You know what I mean? Like, you know. I don't know. I don't even know why I was playing that fucking song. I feel like I, I should play something else to, like, get me in the mood so that I didn't start out with the fucking song in the beginning of the podcast. You know? I mean, since I'm going to be talking about um, Pat Mc, Pat McAfee's fucking joke, I might as well play this fucking song. This, this, this is a Canadian artist from 2008. I don't know. I didn't know much about him, but it's like the only song of his that I actually fucking liked for some reason. And it's it's it's, it's again, I liked it a lot because it was like about like comedy essentially. <laughs> Here's this one. 
Rivers and Nicks It gets out on the road to not get wrecked Red Fox grinding, get no respect Dick Price and fire to language like Rick James Keep dancing, took names Embrace the controversy that gets more last Politically correct, eats ass like cheap I don't even know where this guy, like Where this guy has uh, been, right? But I remember when I used to like give every music, like you know, like everything from hip hop a chance, right? Then like I go, you know what? This guy might be good because he's a local guy, maybe. And I remember this is the only song I liked of him. What's the difference between jokes and pussy? I don't fucking get jokes. I like my girlfriends like I like Scott. Fourteen years old and on coke. If this if if this guy existed, right, this song would be problem. Like this song would, like if he was a, bi a bigger artist, it'd be like somebody that would go back to this song and go, "Can you believe he said that?" And I didn't. I used to think that what to qualify if uh, you, you you did a show about comedy and all that, like different like like, like different shows like, like or like one show or movie would have this song you know playing where people are like oh my god what song is that but yeah no, I know I again this showed up on my favorites list for some odd reason I guess because and I, I, the thing is I haven't played it on this app you know as much and I, I don't know why it's coming here you know. It's 8.40, I might as well get... Here's the thing, uh, I'm going to do the NXT Great American Bash and um, and the Impact recap, like, later this week with, like, maybe the Raw and NXT... Well, hopefully I'll do it before NXT comes out tomorrow, because, you know what I mean, I want to... You just, like, you know what I mean, like, I, you know, I've been... There's just too much fucking going on, you know what I mean, and I wasn't in the fucking mood to, like, you know, do a bunch of fucking shit. Especially when you're contemplating your fucking life and shit, you know what I mean? But, um, I'll go over some other fucking discourse before I fucking get to other things. First of all, RIP to, um, uh, Adrian Street and, uh, Pee Wee fucking Herman. I'll start with Pee Wee Herman. Here's the thing, I'm not gonna do like a, here's the thing, I'm, I'm, with, I'm for Adrian Street. I know enough, like, I know he showed up on fucking, uh, on NXT UK. I could have sworn he was, like, one of the legends that showed up. I'm not too familiar with, like, all the UK legend scene and all that. 
But, like, he was, like, one of the more popular ones where, like, you would hear things about him over time in the last, like, 10 years or so with, like, you know, Reddit and, and different, like, I, I don't know, Nigel McGinnis has fucking praised that guy or something like that. You know what I mean? I know William Regal has, I think. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm actually waiting because, again, po- cause whenever, you know, post-wrestling does their shows, right? Whenever they break down the news before their shows... And also the write-ups as well, right? With the cold, Pollock always, uh, you know, does a good job of, like, recapping somebody's fucking career. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I just, you know, when it comes in the wrestling bubble, I can only mention what I... Thing is, like, people, people for the last couple of years that I heard of him in the discourse, it was always to mention that he beat the shit out of fucking, you know, Rob, Rob, you know, rapist and sex offender and, you know, pedophile fucking Jimmy Savelle. Who they somehow discovered he did all that shit. They decided to come public when... Because I remember when he died, right? And then a year later or so, it came out about, like, some of the fucking shit that he did. And that was, like, confirmed to me, like, when I was, like, kind of still in my, you know, um... Reactionary fucking conspiracy phase. I'm like, if this guy was allowed to... Like, like, there's definitely people high up that knew what he was fucking doing. The fact that, you know, it remains covered up until we're supposed to fucking know about it. It just it just shows you that, like, it it just adds insult to injury. Because if they wanted to conceal it, they could fucking conceal it. But it's like, you waited till the guy fucking died until, like... To tell us, like, what kind of fucking, you know, evil shithead he was. Maybe people... Maybe it was one of those Cosby situations where, like, it's a hidden secret where people would, like kind of make mention of it online, essentially. You know, like, all those fucking, uh, you know, all those times in the late 90s and early 2000s where people would kind of sprinkle on, like, some of the things that Vince McMahon might be guilty of. And now it's, like, come... It's, it's like, basically coming to fruition on a mainstream level on the internet. Stuff that used to be, like, a, you know, uh, a 90s message board thing. Now it's, like, it's allowed to be acknowledged. So, I mean, yeah, so, and Adrian, you know, Adrian Street, you know, see, all those QAnon fucking people, you know what I mean, you you could learn from Adrian Street, the guy dressed in, uh, he, he was doing drag and he beat the shit out of a pedophile, what have you done? What, just self-project while you're protecting the real pedophiles, maybe, I don't know, that's what it fucking seems like all the time. Pee Wee Herman's another one, who, uh, again, with the, like, here's the thing, with the cold, um, let me see, hold on, let me see, um, Pee Wee Herman, because, because, again, I always thought that was just an innocent, like, him watching porn in a porn theater or something like that. But people were also claiming that he had other fucking shit, you know? Or, like, was, like, the masturbating, like, was the one that was, like, about him jerking off, was that the one that became the mainstream one while other fucking, you know... Like, for example, when there's other fucking horrible shit that Bill Clinton may have done, the one fucking mainstream one that we all fucking talk about nonstop and use it as, like, a... You know, oh, um, you know, like, like everyone uses, like, that situation as, like, to correlate with, like, regular people and what they go through, you know what I mean? Even though, like, there's other fucking shit you could have focused on with, with uh, the Clinton. 
and, you know, they focus on that shit, you know what I mean, like, it's one of those fucking things where, uh, let me see, um, let me see, uh, uh, I'm trying to look right here, hold on a second, uh, Uh, he was masturbating in a public movie. I thought it was like a porno theater. But that's how, like, you know, if if him masturbating in a theater, that's you see how people now who take in the fucking scandals now, they're probably like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like. That's what you know, see again. That was like, see, like being exposed, like, like, like being exposed for that would be like nailing a fucking move that used to be deadly in wrestling, and now it's it's like you know, you know, it's like a, it's like a regular trope that like doesn't even get a one count now. You know what I mean? Whatever. Um. To me, if that happened, that means it was planned. Like that mean that 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 was like the like when comedians go out in like a, in a scandal, like especially back then, it would have to be like being in in a funny fucking way, basically. Um. Okay, so yeah, two thousand two, he came across more scandal. So child pornography and memorabilia at his home, basically. It just seems like it seems like a typical fucking you know rundown that you have, the typical rundown that you have of um, of uh, you know um, of like celebrity fucking shit that goes on basically. You know what I mean? Like you'll have like the typical like oh this is what, like you know like the ch- like it's like it's it's like it's become like it's become like 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 you know. Uh, a prerequisite, basically, for now, like, if you're a public figure, on some fucking level, you have to, like, be involved with fucking, like, at least the bare minimum of fucking scandal would have to be, like, now, child porn, basically. That's what it seems. So I guess it wasn't just masturbating in a theater. So now, now you find out about other fucking stuff that he had, you know? And then you have no choice but to imagine him doing that in character. Here's the thing. Um, even when I was a kid, I wasn't really into uh, into into Pee Wee Herman, really. And the thing is, like, as a kid, like, when I didn't understand, like, you know, the sophistication of some of the jokes and all that kind of shit, or, the, or like, the, you know, like, how, how layered the joke is and all that kind of shit, I would, like, my dumbed-down fucking ass would, rem- like, would, would need... Um, comedy, like, you know, physical fucking comedy to translate, so at least something sticks with me, where, like, you know what I mean, where, like, it's, like, you know, where, like, you know what I mean, that's why, that's why I threw the company, I didn't understand some of the dialogue when I was a kid watching reruns, and, you know, but I still found it funny because Jack Tripper, you know, John Ritter was fucking good at physical fucking comedy and shit. Same with, I mean, with, with Dumb and Dumber, I could fucking get some of the jokes, you know what I mean? 
like so, some of the more obvious ones, but it was also like over the top as well, where it was like you know. So when I had those two things, whatever, like, you know, what I mean, I, that's the way I would kind of do it. But even with like you know his over the top, his over the top physical comedy, or whatever. I don't know for some reason I never really I never really I never really got into him. Maybe because like you know here's the thing whenever um, Full House, like even though I watch as a kid, in my head I would be like anything that they do or so, it's so fucking cringy. Like some of the, you know what I mean. So like if Joey Gladstone was doing an impression of Pee Wee fucking Herman, then it was like you know it, you know what I mean like the coolness of whatever that is and it's like okay well then I you know like that'd be my, be my reference point to it. I'm like I well, I don't really think that's fucking that cool or whatever you know what I mean like it's it, it's weird with stuff like that like something they do in reference. Although I, I I will admit that I I did like Beach Boy I did like the Beach Boys, um you know because of fucking Full House you know what I mean because I thought like the other songs were pretty fucking good, not the fucking typical you know the Aruba gym, whatever the fuck it is. I remember he had a fucking uh, he had a um, he had a good segment with. Um, with the Miz on, he was like, it, it was like, the, the whole, um, the whole, um, guest host shit was either hit or miss, there'd be some people that were fucking, you know, pretty, like, you know, decent, and, like, you got a funny segment, or they did, they did, they did something that contributed to the, to the, you know, to the storyline, like, Al Sharpton may have been one of the worst ones, um, because he really didn't do a goddamn thing, it's like he taped all his segments before the show, and he bounced, basically, you know what I mean? Like, it seemed like he just didn't want to be there, really. I didn't really like a lot of them, really. Um, hold on. But I, I did like when, like, like, the one thing that was, like, kind of consistent with it was, um, Jesus Christ. When one thing was consistent with that Miz would, at least for some of the hosts, come out and confront them. Hold on a second, I need the... I'm looking for the whole fucking segment, man. Hold on. Tonight's secret word. And remember, it's a secret. Ring! Ring! I'm so excited to be I think this is like a cut down version of it. Oh, man, they all oh, see again. I need the full fucking version of this, man. No, it's the same. It's the same one. It's the same one. But I'm looking for the one where um, I'm I'm looking for the one where where it's like a little bit longer because I feel like the whole um, the whole thing around it. Here we go. I think this is it right here. Yeah, this is the full one. Playhouse on television. Direct from his hip. So, like, yes. Really loud. <laughs> uh, well, here 
So hold on a second, let me, let me see right here, hold on. Alright, so yeah, yeah, here it is. This is one of the funnier segments from a... See, you know, this is also hard to listen to as well because I thought, like, back then, I thought this was the best Miz could do. But since Miz has gotten, like, a lot better on the mic, like, he was still pretty decent here. But, like, he's gotten, like, a lot fucking better. You know what I mean? Like, ten, like, a hundred times better on the mic, like, on the microphone on uh, in the current day. So it's hard to, like, hear this old tone that he used to fucking do which i now hearing now hearing him back i can see why people never really didn't fuck with him on the microphone i always thought he was pretty fucking decent as somebody that like you know got like you know real fucking heat from the online fucking crowd basically i always thought that was a plus like even back then i was like, like looking at it fucking full picture in that in that regard yeah i was wrong i don't like you peewee he does but i don't like you i never liked you I was always a He-Man and the Master of the Universe type guy. Now that was a show. I loved He-Man. Why don't you marry He-Man? <laughs> <laughs> don't play games with me, Herman. Turn around and get out of my ring. You can't say the secret word. Secret word? A secret word. I don't know about a stupid word. I don't know about your stupid show. You need to turn around and get out of my ring before I get... This is dumb. You're trying to embarrass me, Pee-wee? Look at you. With your silly gray suit, your ridiculous bow tie. You're not a cultural icon. You're nothing more than a pathetic excuse for a man. I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> well, that's real cute, Pee Wee. What are you what doing? Oh, that's oh, real mature. What are we, 12 oh, right now? Good. What are you, a little kid? Come Miz, on now. Miz, Miz, Miz. Relax. I'll handle this. See, Alex, Alex Wiley was a good oh, fit with that. I'm actually I'm a big fan. I'm, I'm trying, trying to help I'm you out. Out. See again, like see the watching it back. This wasn't like again. This the, like Raw was so fucking shitty back then. Like some of the weeks that like something like this would be actually a standout fucking moment. And now that I'm listening to it, I'm like, it's pretty fucking funny, but it's not as fucking funny as I thought it was because the bar was so fucking low in the. 2009 2010 era of fucking wwe i can't believe i actually i the thing is i was i i never knew it would fucking i just thought it would be what it is it would just be something that would just be a part of my life basically i didn't know there was going to be this big movement and like for it to suck like it's like the same like they're like they're extending what they did in the night in the early 90s where they kind of made the product suck before they knew they were going to embrace more like edgy fucking television even though they pretend like they just stumbled ac across it yeah, it's it's a real coincidence that everything during that era had the same type of ignorance and same type of like mean that like like the, the cast in all these things, right? Like you know, if you took the Howard Stern show, you took South Park, you took fucking WWE, whatever. Like the talent that was around, obviously, were really really fucking talented, and they're you know, I mean, they're able to bring something else out of it, right? But it doesn't mean that there wasn't the standard fucking stuff that was supposed to be implemented in these in these. Uh, 
in, in like, like different themes that are supposed to be implemented, so that what's it called like you know it becomes uh like you know like that's what it took at that time to blow up. You had to like you know basically embrace a lot of the edge lord shit, which you know what I mean. And then when you watch some of the stuff like in a, in a vacuum with WWE with like some of the stuff that wasn't like attached to any compelling characters and all that, even though they would make compelling characters also do random fucking shit. Like, you know, Kurt Angle, like, like, doing that race angle with, like, Charmel and shit like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, 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 that's why, like, those, this is why I argue for, like, you know, part-timer schedule. Imagine if Kurt Angle, after Attitude Era, was, like, more of a part-timer, and you just brought him back for actually, like, kick-ass feuds. He wouldn't have, like, a bunch of the stupid shit that he had to do during that era. You know what I mean? It felt like, you know, because it's like, oh, everyone has to be on television. But, like, a lot of guys could have... Like, you know, taking some fucking time off or something like that. I don't know. But to me, I feel like, you know, the whole Attitude Era was designed to be like that shit. Like, I mean, listen, there's, listen, I know I show the Attitude Era a lot, but here's the thing. There's elements that I'll take from the Attitude Era, and there's elements that I'll take from, like, the 80s and the 70s type of shit. You know, the, the, the territory system and all that kind of shit. There's elements that I would take from that, but also stuff that I would take... Like, for example, like, one of the things that, like, is a strength for me for the Attitude Era was that it felt like everyone could literally get over. Like, it, like, it felt like literally anybody could, like, like you know, uh, like, you know, catch fire and also then be a part of a port and angles. And they could, you know what I mean? Like, 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 even the tag teams were, like, mingling with, like, the fucking, you know, with the, um, with the main eventers, basically. And they got v- wins over them technically in certain situations like you know what i mean like it felt like anyone could literally be you know a, a top of the fucking card on some fucking level you know what i mean and in the 80s like that's like one disadvantage i fucking hate about the wwe uh, um you know tool like the, the marketing that they did was having one baby face fucking champion but not having anybody like you know like because to me i'm like even back then like i couldn't articulate it but i like i never understood why like so you're telling me Ricky Steamboat still doesn't want to be a world champion? You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't want to, you know, like, like even the Hulk Hogan has it, he doesn't want to be a world, like, like, why wouldn't any of the good guys fucking go? So I've always trained that the good, and, and WWE started fucking, you know, doing that more when, like, they did the Ultimate Warrior Hulk Hogan. They fucking, you know, leaned into it a lot more. But I think a lot of the stuff in the 80s suffered. Like, I mean, dude, they had to turn Paul Orndorff heel, heel and face different fucking times like in in quick fashion so he could get another feud with hogan basically you know what i mean like you know what i mean so like like back then that's how you had to fucking do it but like i wanted to see jake roberts against hogan i want you know what i mean like even if you had to like bring something in, that's why i can understand why people were attached to the fucking you know to the um jim crockett promotion because it felt like there was, like, you know what I mean? It felt like you could do good guy versus good guy. And it felt like the story storyline stuff was more complex than what WWE was doing. So that's kind of one thing. That, like, even though I like how WWE in the 80s built up their angles and, like, made each fuck, you know, I mean, you weren't going to get everything every every single fucking week. You know what I mean? And and they did do that style pretty good. Like, in 97, they did a good, like, you know, before the ad era really kicked off. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, Bret Hart and Austin, like, they were fucking always seen on the fucking shows when it went two hours 
with like, you know what I mean? Like, but like, that was like a really heated and compelling fucking feud where like, you're never seen this before, right? And it could only fit in like that bubble, you know what I mean? But people think, you know, by replicating it, or they, or they don't understand that like, you need like, you know, so, like, like the product might have to suffer a little bit before you start getting shit fucking better again, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I think uh, Pat McAfee is uh, he he again. This is like a low low totem pole type of cancellation. Because I, I heard oh Pat McAfee is something with Larry Nasser. I'm like oh my god, is he gonna like actually like prop up Larry Nasser or something like that? But thing is, I don't need you know to to be offended. I don't even know what the fucking joke meant. Maybe because I don't follow fucking sports, but he was, com I think he was commenting on, like, neon green uniforms that, from Detroit or something like that, and the joke was something like, oh, Larry Nassar probably did this too, like, I don't understand how that correlates with him being an abuser, like, me, me, me that, like, okay, if it's offensive, it's a fucking offensive, but I'm just trying to understand, like, like what the attempt of the joke, I'm more offended by, like, me not knowing the, the attempt at what the joke was, you know what I mean? And apparently he's doubling down on it. But like to me, an, another marketing tool to get himself fucking canceled before you find out he's also into some shady shit or something like that. That's how it normally fucking works. I don't know, man. It's It's fucking crazy. I don't know. Everything is just fucking crazy. I, I, I knew this Cody documentary was going to... Um, I, I posted on Twitter about me not understanding the, me not understanding the joke. Um, Real life. Hold on. What's the joke? I still don't get it. It's not a joke per se. It's... You had to be there. Real lack of standards, your generation. I really love that dialogue. But, um, no, but, um, I knew the Cody Rhodes documentary, like, especially with some of the snippets they're fucking showing, between, like, making it seem like he created the company... Like, yeah, on the surface, he may have been, like, responsible for it. But I always felt like the company... I always felt like this promotion was something that's, like, that's going to be revealed that CM Punk and Tony Khan have been working on since CM Punk was leaving. And they're getting the motion... You know what I mean? They had to get certain things in motion where it looked like he just joined in on it, basically. At its core. That's that's what, the, what it might be. But... To me, the ultimate fucking thing is that WWE allowed another company to work, and you'll have different elements. So you might you might find out about the CM Punk, you know, element that Tony Khan him been planning it, whatever, to kind of counter the narrative that Cody Rhodes and all the. But ultimately, the AEW was created for the comp. You know, what I mean, if 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 they weren't allowed to, you know, like exist, they wouldn't be existing in this fucking space. It doesn't mean that it doesn't mean all it does is just shows you that when you are a large like you know a large conglomerate like WWE is now, 
right? When you're like a like you know you, 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 I I I don't know if I should call them a conglomerate. I know you know it's like putting it you know it's like you know giving them way too much hype, but like they feel like the system in the in the industry, right? So, like, to me, it's, like, all the money they make, like, under the fucking, like, you know, on the surface, now that's why you're bringing up, like, all, like, like, officially their pay, even though, like, under the table, they might, like, you know what I mean, some of the money might be going around to different things, some evil things, and maybe some things where, like, you know, people are doing good with it, you know what I mean, but to me, I feel like in the overall sense, it was designed to be that, so now you're kind of starting this war up again by Triple H, so let me see what he said. Let me see. Let me see. This is my one request in this entire documentary. This one answer, I don't want edited in any capacity. Don't even edit this part. I can't tell you why I left AEW. I can't, and I won't. But I'll tell you the reasons that were said that didn't actually matter. I didn't leave AEW because of money. And I didn't leave AEW because of other talents. I left AEW because of a personal issue. That's it. But the byproduct of leaving AEW is the opportunity to go for the biggest dream I ever had in the first dream that I had in my life. To then take that gamble again and say, this is not what I wanted to be. I didn't grow up dreaming of being the champion or the the face of a secondary promotion. I wanted to be the WWE champion. So that's obviously gonna, you know... You know what I mean? The thing is, all these guys get along, right? And then, so now we're finding ways to now start the war. Again, it's always the people that pretend like, oh, um, all these parasocial weirdos are gonna, you know start making a big deal because Collision and Dynamite are taping on the same fucking day and everything's going to be fine, but, like, a lot of you parasocial nerds are going to keep... It's like, motherfuckers, you guys who dictate the fucking discourse and are aligned with the companies, you are the ones that are putting out the parasocial shit. You're the one cutting off people's legs because somebody doesn't fuck with CM Punk. You're, like, sabotaging other people's fucking, you know, careers and ruining their reputations while you're fucking, you know, uh, shilling for a problematic billionaire. And, you know, and, and, and you know, judging what, what some of the stuff that CM Punk... Like, you can't point out, like, the Benoit shit about, like, people, like, supporting WWE and they knew about Benoit. It's like, okay, the, fine, if I'm buying the official fucking story... Then the next day, CM Punk, knowing what Benoit did, was still fucking crying for Benoit, pointing his finger at the fucking sky, like, oh, I just did this match for him, basically. It, it's like anything problematic that CM Punk's involved with, you're supposed to just fucking, you know, put it under the fucking rug. Here's the thing, I'm, here's the, when, I, when I go at CM Punk for some of the, like, the, 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 the training abuse and all that kind of shit, I'm not like, oh, let's burn CM Punk at the fucking stake. My big, I, my question and the bigger question has always fucking been, what's going on in the industry that people have to do and then they confess it for discourse down the fucking line when that could have been addressed when that happened? 
to me, to me, it's like, okay, maybe that's CM Punk's initiation into the fucking game, essentially. Maybe the industry is such a mafia industry, you gotta fucking do some shit like that, like what him and Cole Cabana did, in order to be in the fucking industry. And then they kind of, you know, and then they knew it'd be, it'd be part of the entertainment dollar down the line. So, like, I'm not gonna go, oh, uh, look at that, whatever. I, I like looking at the grander view of what's fucking organizing people to do some problematic things. Because it's not just some... In the system, with celebrities and politicians, it's not just some, oh, um, innocently, we're going to find out one person did this and everyone else is clean. I'm going to now assume mostly everyone in the industry has to be fucking dirty on some level. And I'm not saying they enjoy, enjoy it or embrace it, but there's obviously, obviously some type of fraternity initiation going on there. So a lot, a lot of you are the ones that are more parasocial, to you know, to, to to like discrediting people, and then and then and then you gotta act like the adults as well while you're also fucking you know making it. See- and and then, and then there's people that will always try to fucking when they're about to make it, when they like you know like need like the cultic support, they will pretend like they're united with everyone who, who they're catering to and pandering to, even though like they ruin other people's lives who are. Within like the same like you know like within the same wrestling fandom or maybe in the same community whether it be gender ethnicity race whatever and all that there's like plenty of people who like ruin other people's lives in the fucking like who are other cogs in the system and then pretend like they want to unite with everyone and all that kind of shit and I don't fucking you know buy into that. But that, and between that and then, and then Brandy again, this is gonna be I told you it's gonna be a common theme now in the online discourse for for an excuse of why Tony Khan will take L's and people will leave his company because now they're saying this fucking uh, seeds of like you know Tony Khan like you know Moxley mentioned not working with the contract now Cody Rhodes apparently wasn't working with the contract and you know Brandy Brandy Rhodes gave gave her opinion on it. You know what I mean? She's being interviewed. And listen, and listen, she purposely fucking did it. But the thing is, she's playing a role as well. But the people are like, hey, they want her to leave. Dude, she didn't leave the industry. She's just taking a little break. And, and, I, and I don't, again, listen, I'm not one of these people that fuck, I, listen, do I hate some of the things that they fucking do on social media and stuff like that? Like, to, to, to get people, like, riled up or constantly trying to dunk on them? Like, but... I don't put hatred on Brandy as a person because I know she's another cog in the system who has to play a fucking role. But there's like a lot of there's a lot of uncomfortable vitriol towards Brandy Rhodes more so than there are for like murderers and rapists and fucking pedophiles in the industry. Okay, so like to me, don't tell me there isn't a fucking race issue. You know what I mean? Because because that because here's the thing. Whenever the they put the wives of wrestlers in the situation, like Rebby Hardy and all that, to basically act like you know, like oh, they're speaking out of turn, um, you know, and being more aggressive about it than their husband and the husband would be like, but the, but like their hus like their husbands would be the ones who are kind of like you know you you you, you got to be vitriolic about it. I got to play even keel because even though you know Cody Rhodes is denying that it wasn't because of any talents. Anything that he's saying on the surface is going to be designed to what they call, like, go back, like, you know, fucking, you know, uh, go back at him, essentially. Like, it'll, it'll, it'll blow up in his face, essentially. 
But, um, you know. But the, the wrestling discourse has become, like, a parody of, 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 like, what it was. Like, and listen, you could say it was always kind of a fucking parody in general. But, like, the discourse around everything is, like, stuff that was, like, kind of... It's like, it's like we rebooted the 90s. And you know, you know how we make fun of the horrible reboots and they're relying on, like, the same type of fucking stuff that was done in the 90s? That's what's happened to the online discourse. It's like we've become, like we've already made everything else that used to have uh, a reputation back in the nineties. We've already watered it down with a lot of reboots. So now we're just rebooting ourselves into that fucking thing. So that's why we insist that there's nonstop fucking internet rebooted discourse. Like what? Like why is Britt Baker like? Like again the. the I, I, I thought the the Vince McMahon thoughts. I follow like a lot of parody accounts, right? It's like they're it's like they're making it's like they're making a comeback now from taking a break because they were prevalent um, early in the two thousand tens. Like I've been saying for a while. Um, but what's it called? Like now they're making a comeback, and now you're having wrestlers fucking interact with some of these fucking people. Like I I have a parody account that I was doing because CM Punk was like I thought he was sending people towards me. And I used to, like, go on it time to time to, like, you know, like, you know, like, make mention if he was in the news. But I haven't, like, I haven't fucking used that or, like, you know, done anything with it. The only reason why I was, like, kind of, like, still doing it because Shelly Martinez <laughs> um, follows that account. And she would always kind of interact with it. Like, she would be, she'd be joking around with it. So I was like, oh, I guess I'll just stick around for, you know, Shelly Martinez, I guess. You know? But I, but I, but I wasn't trying to like fool anyone by trying to act like see, like you know what I mean, like and 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 C, and CM Punk was I, I've talked about it, so he he's he's aware of you know he, people in the wrestling world are aware of it because when Jericho blocked me on my main account, he also blocked that account, so it's, it's like he knew, you know what I mean? It's, it's like these guys still, like these guys in the industry pay attention to that. So this so Brit, 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 this uh, Vince McMahon thoughts account, which is like a pro Vince McMahon account apparently. I thought it was gonna be an anti Vince McMahon account. But anyways, uh, you know, he's he's making fun of Britt Baker because she made comments when she was interviewed and asked about WWE not hiring anyone from independence and all that. So she gave, so she said that, yeah, I don't think it will it'll, it'll work out as well if you're just bringing people who have no training and all that kind of stuff and all that, ki- and all that kind of shit. And then, you know, um, and, and then and basically you took her comments, it made it seem like it happened recently or something like that. So then Britt Baker had a... Again, she shouldn't have even addressed it. Like, she could have just done it on her own. She had to reply to this fucking guy. But, like, like the reason why some of these performers are getting a little bit crazy about this shit is because they're dealing with mafia fucking level shit where people online are paid social climbers who are going to be paid to fucking basically disrupt you and... You know what I mean? And then, and then the wrestlers themselves have their own little cults that they fucking use to go back at these fucking people. So it looks like she's the one that's over overreacting to some random fucking troll. Not a random troll. These are social, these are paid and social, social, social climbing accounts, essentially. Like they, the, 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 this company would rather cater to sabotaging their product, and then you know having disc like oh my god like like you know like the Wembley like like fine we're gonna celebrate the 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 milestone of Wembley Stadium, uh you know selling out Wembley Stadium and all that, but like not like letting us know like officially 
Like, you know, you have to have, like, you know, uh, you know, like, the media people fucking break the news a little bit to us. That, like, oh, there's hints that, you know, it's on direct TV, so it's going to be a pay-per-view. Like, you're really going to make your audience fucking spend 50 fucking... Like, the, the people that are going to probably use a VPN, and I don't fucking blame them. I don't have a NordVPN account anymore. But, like, you know, but, like, you know, again, asking fucking people to do, like, you know what I mean? Like, not even announcing that. And then the, and then, and then the, the, the fuck up thing is the shills of the, the shills who are going to get this free anyways. Who'll get comp tickets, all that kind of shit fucking, you know, handled for them. They're going to be the ones that tell everyone else not to stop, stop complaining. Even though they're not going to fucking drop a dime for this fucking shit. Like, you know, you, you want to fucking, like, you know, support the fucking company. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I, I again, like, doing a couple of pay-per-views a, a year, you know what I mean? Like, it, 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 you know, with the call, I don't mind drop dropping, like, you know, like, 40, 50 bucks uh, every couple of months for one. You know what I mean? Like, I, I couldn't do it, like, if it was a monthly fucking thing. They're going to have to either lower the fucking price or they're going to have to do a streaming service deal. I don't know, man. Before I get into the collision, again, this will give me something I repeat in the collision thing. I'm going to talk about, I'm going to bitch about Wembley there. Um, what's it called? What of Biden's, um, uh, the, the, the right wing is making it seem like Devin Archer, one of uh, Hunter Biden's business partners, is going to be, like, he's going to be testifying, apparently. Like, I, I cannot keep up with it because I know that nothing's going to happen to these guys. You know what I mean? Like, like even if you break down all the rules of what laws are broken, it's like, yeah, okay, fine. If they're supposed to get caught, they'll get fucking caught and they'll, you know, get whatever, you know, slap on the wrist they'll fucking get. But they, they're, like, they're using this way to make it seem like they're, oh, look, they're not, they're trying to arrest Devin Archer before he has to t- testify. Like, the Department of Justice is trying to get him before he's supposed to testify. And Matt Gates is trying to, like, have, like, an open, open, like, you know, a, a, like, you know, a, impromptu fucking meeting where, where where he wants the Department of Justice investigated or something like that. The, the thing is, if you tell me these people are all doing corruption, like, again, I'm, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to play the chances are they, they are probably doing it. That, see, you know what I mean? But the thing is, I don't, but I, I can also point out that the right wing that are pointing it out, they're deflecting from, like, their fucking crimes as well. You know what I mean? It's like, but the, but the way that it's, they make it seem... Like, they're the ones that are only being targeted and being talked about. Even though online, for all I've heard was anti-democratic, anti-democrat uh, level fucking talk online. And now you know that online shit is funded by corporations and billionaires. It's like, like that's a, an establishment narrative online while you're pretending it's underground. Like when, like, you know, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. keeps fucking talking about how, oh my god, they won't supply me a uh, secret service. Like, he's not mentioning that you need 120 fucking days. But even if you told the fucking people you need 120 days for uh, um, a presidential fucking, a presidential fucking candidate to need protection, like, they're not going to believe it because they already believe that they're trying to stop Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Even though you're hearing about this guy, he's on every, like, everyone's talking about him. Everyone's platforming him, but because we're still using the old model of, oh, look, mainstream media's not talking about him, but we are. But, like, you motherfuckers are the establishment as well. 
Like, it doesn't make any fucking sense. It is what it is, man. But yeah, people are gonna hate on Brandy because Brandy said that it's kind of what, like, I guess the the her saying that, oh my God, you're gonna let like him work out a contract and we're shaking the foundations. You know what it might end up in kayfabe also being since like the rumor is that WCW, like WWE, like even though I knew that WWE and WWE, WWE were, was always gonna implode. The only thing that we're going to find out about that is WWE, like, legit sabotaged it, whatever. But what if, like, you know, we're supposed to now bind to the narrative that maybe Tony Khan is sending people to WWE to fucking disrupt them, basically. Since everything is like a fucking twist and turns, true crime drama level shit. Who knows? I don't know. My, 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 my Twitter. I, 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 put, I put a tweet. It never gets any traction, but if if the Twitter shit that was going on right now and, like, the changing of it and people freaking out about it, if that if this were happening, like, in the pandemic, like, 2019, the pandemic, whatever, you know, like, how, like, the celebrities all did a rendition of, like, John Le- John Lennon's Imagine? It was a po- Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm so convinced now that like, because um, it was used in the boys, I think it was done on purpose for them to use it on the boys. But, like, they used it for social media thing. Like, they knew they are being fucking pretentious and they'd get dunked on because that's the role of, like, some of these liberal celebrities, supposedly liberal celebrities, is to act pretentious and act like parodies. That's why everyone needs to use what happens officially. You know what I mean? Like, whenever anyone uses the whole thing, like, oh, like if if people on the on, on the far right now, the new right, right, are trying to hammer home that, like, liberals are just as bad or whatever and all that kind of shit, some of the people on the post-left do that. And, again, I'm not saying, you know, again, some of those Democrats that do horrible shit to me are not really fucking liberal. They're fucking, you know, Republican. But, like, a lot of the ones that are, like, notoriously acting like they're fucking, like, liberal a little bit and anti-Trump, like, to me, those are, like, you know, fake fucking liberals who will say some problematic shit. So, basically, what you're doing online is saying, I'm going to show you what a dis- what a, a, a disguised right-winger is saying under the liberal guy so I can manipulate your thoughts and say that all, like, all liberals are not as, uh, uh, are just as bad as the fucking far right-wing is. You know, and then and then people who are actually fucking Democrat, like or leftist, whatever, or le- or le- like liberal, they'll act like oh they'll scoff at the notion of it. But like if the presentation is some of these because because like you assume because Hollywood fucking does more liberal fucking like you know presentation or shit that you automatically assume that like all these fucking celebrities are actually liberal, and you wouldn't think that like some of them are like you know f- far right wing fundamentalist. Which is why, like, a lot of, like, fundamentalist shit goes on in show business. 
but they, like, you know, make it seem like it's Satanism. And then the evangelicals go nuts about that. And then what happens is, uh, so then you go, okay, well, I don't want to be on the evangelical fucking side, so I might as well fucking embrace, you know, Travis Scott or something like that. And you and you don't know if, like, these guys are, like, you know, the different side of the same coin, essentially. It just is it's disguised as that. Even though, like, I just think evangelicals and, like, you know, and because I think the, the fundamentalist shit's in there, I think they're all devil worshippers, not, like, Satanists or some shit like that, but... Anyway, I'll come back with the, um... I'll come back with, um... Uh, I'll come back with, um, Collision Recap and all that shit. Okay, let me go over the G1 Night 10, I think it is. Um, so we had block again. Some, I, I liked uh, some of the some of the matches, the bot like the bottom three matches or so. Like Finley versus Hanari was pretty fucking decent, and you know nothing too worthy. I mean, and uh, Toriano got finally got a fucking win over Jeff Cobb. I, I get why you put him in there, but you know I would again. I I think you know we're we're, we're I think I'm done with the fucking Yano fucking you know. I'm done with the Yato shit. You know, I don't know. Uh, hold on a second. I have this fucking, you know, this, uh. I have this sciatica fucking. I have a, like, my sciatic nerve is fucking, fucking up, and I have this fucking machine. Oh, shit. Let me apply it back on. It fucking just gives some of the electric, like, electric energy to wherever the pain is, and it reduces it a little bit. Gotta say it fucking spits. Normally, I I this I was anticipating. I was anticipating a fucking week of this, but it feels like it's already going down to like my leg area already, which is like you know. I don't know, man. Anyways, uh, Kingston and Mikey Nichols was pretty decent. I didn't think it was a best match, but you know I enjoyed it. So I guess Kingston's still kind of in it a little bit. And then Naito got Alex Coughlin. That wasn't that great of a match. Evil uh, beat Tomohiro Ishii. I wasn't into this. These this match was good. Um, Zack Saber Jr. and shit because they're both part of the same stable. So I thought this was still pretty fucking good. Um, Shingo Takagi and Tamatanga. I mean, it wasn't like the greatest match ever, but the you know the, the the twenty the twenty limit the twenty minute limit draw basically fucking went up, and I thought it was done in a really good way. And then you know I thought Tanahashi and Goto was pretty decent. I, I wouldn't say it was a great greatest match ever, but I think this night was that great in general, maybe. 
Anyways, what the call Sonata has officially qualified. Because he's five, he's to ten points. You know what I mean? Uh, so, you know, uh, Kiyomiya, Shota Umino have six points. So I guess there's, Gabe Kidd can technically still be in it. Hakaleo and Chase Owens in the, blo- in the A block are still kind of in it. Uh, you know, uh, Yorosuji, if he doesn't win the next one, you know, he could probably be out, most likely. Because Red Narita is completely out now. From, you know, the bl- block B, you know, um, uh, let me see here. Osprey and, and Okada have eight points. So, if, like, if, if Osprey, like, uh, again, n- normally it would be, like, if Osprey was the top guy from the, the, the mean that, like, if, if him and K- Okada are tied, like, for, for, for the remainder of the time. Because Osprey beat Okada, because, like, I'm, dude, I, I, I'm not good with the whole math thing. But if Osprey beat Okada, that means that, like, he breaks that tie, basically, because, you know what I mean? Like, if Okada tied with somebody else that he beat already, he would be the one that passes in. So Osprey, you know, but I guess Okada and, you know, Osprey could be the, 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 the top two for, you know, the B block. And then the Tai Chi still in it, you know, with six points. Kenta, Tonga, Leo, and El Fantasmo, Yoshihashi have four points. Uh, the Great Okan, you know, only has two points, and he's, like, basically, he, he's probably eliminated now. And then Block C, um, you know, um, Block block C, what are called? Evil and David Finley have eight points. So they'll probably be the top two, maybe. Tama Tonga has seven points. He could still fucking, you know, make it in. Eddie Kingston has six points. Shingo Takaki has five points, and Hanare Ishii and Mikey Nichols have two points, and they're basically eliminated. So, you know, they're kind of out of contention, you know. And then Block D, uh, Jeff Cobb and Zack Sabre Jr., they're tied for eight points. Naito and uh, Tanahashi have six points. Goto and Shane Hayes have four points. And Alex Coughlin and Toriano are basically eliminated from that, basically, even though they'll still be in matches, essentially. So yeah, I mean it's, it's pretty fucking good. I'll get into the SmackDown recap. I thought the show was a bit better as far as the, uh, but as far as the Reigns and Jay stuff, I feel like everything has been built. So now they are just remixing shit us to get us there even more. And if you couldn't tell, this like this all feels a little extra. Like, like if you couldn't tell, this all feels a little extra. That that, that it's just keeping the same talking points out there essentially. Like you saw Reigns basically do his promo in the form of Juvenile's old song, Ha. You know, I guess I figured I figured since they're in Louisiana, that was you know that he was just pandering to that in that regard, or whatever. I was I always pop for hip hop related shit being incorporated into promos. I don't you know, I don't I don't I don't get why they needed something, but I would have preferred them just use this time to get rid of Solo, because it should just be Jay and Reigns at the, for the remainder of the build. At least it gives you the impression that Solo and Jimmy are not going to be involved. And you can bring them back during the match, I guess. I'm sure Jimmy will return. People are advocating for him to, like, rejoin Reigns and turn on Jay. And that would be so fucking stupid. If that if that happened, then throw... If that happened, throw this whole storyline away in the garbage, man. I, I already figured that Jay is not winning the title. Even though if Jay did win the title, I would not mind at all. But I, I don't think he's winning, though. So Reigns tells the crowd they like the Usos because of him, puts over the tribal chief status. 
Reigns asked why they call him the right hand man. Who made him that? You know, he kept saying, like, just imagine him just doing ha after a lot of the stuff that he's that recapping right here. Because why they call him main event Jey Uso because of because he made him that. And now Jay's trying to open Roman's show, trying to be the head of the table. All Jay ever wanted was to, for the last three years was to be the tribal chief. And then Jay retorts, says he never wanted any of that. All he did for him was watch his back, which is what family does. He tells him he's been his right-hand man for three years. No question asked because he is a, he's his tribal chief. He believed in him. He believed he could take the company and family. You know, He could lead the company and the family. But he broke that family, and now he has to do what he has to do do and he tells Reigns that he broke the family the bloodline and Jimmy and it's all his fault then Reigns blames him and says his jealousy brought that on he brings up Jay asking for a title shot the first opportunity when Jimmy was you know hurt back in 2020 he calls him selfish he gaslights him even more and says Jay would never have had a chance to be the right hand man if Jimmy got hurt if, if Jimmy didn't get hurt he keeps trying to gaslight it with tactics telling Jay he'll be alone and screwed him over screwed over his brother and claims Jimmy respects him more than he does Jay, and when he beats Jay, he's gonna be, he's gonna be done. He'll not be part of the legacy. If Jay somehow does win, that means Jay takes the championship and the lay. Basically, he'll still not be the tribal chief. Reigns will always be Roman Reigns. He'll do what he wants to do, but Jay has nothing. And the fact that he wants to, uh, the fact that he wants it makes no sense. And then he finishes by saying Jay won't and can't beat him. And then Jay tells him he already did beat him and he did pin him. He's the only one to do it, and he'll beat him at SummerSlam, and that was basically. I hope Jay. I hope Jay. Uh, I really hope Jay, if Jay doesn't win, that isn't because of Jimmy. That'd be really stupid. Like I, I would. I'd prefer new members of the Bloodline debuting rather than having Jimmy going back to them. I mean, who knows though? I think you know it'll be a really good match. Maybe the Rock shows up because there's rumor that Rock might show up for Waller's show. Like it's like it's being, it's being rumored, right? Would he get involved in the main event as well? Then I don't know. I think this should have been the rules of engagement segment that they were teasing. Or that should have been the material used within that segment as well. Anyway, speaking of Waller, he invited Jay on his show if he wins or loses. Basically says he's going to lose. Jay kind of beats him up. So that set up a match for the main event. Pierce set it up and Waller was on. was the one who kept asking for it. So Jay accepts. And Waller cuts a promo for the match about how he was trying to be a good person by inviting him on the show. Then Jay Ham had a match. It was it was okay, but you know Jay was winning. And it feels like even though Waller's over for his talking segments, this company feels like they can have him lose matches a lot, it seems, because I don't think he's really won a match on the main roster yet. But he's definitely not buried, you know what I mean? Like, you know, Reigns came out during the match and sat in front of the ring with Solo and, and Heyman. And after the match, you know, Solo went to attack. Jay and Jay avoided the spike. Sent Soul out of the ring, and then Reigns gets into the ring, and Jay ends up spearing him. Soul then gets back in the spinning solo, the spike. Reigns does a spear. He does it again to stand tall. Basically, I I would have let Jay take out Solo here because I felt it it, it started with these two with Reigns and Jay, and it should be built around this them too. You know what I mean? Because it it bring back the two thousand twenty vibe to it. You know what I mean? So maybe, you know, they, they could have, like, you know, maybe it seemed like, okay, like, Jay doesn't have anybody with them now. Like, Roman doesn't have anyone with him either, basically. But maybe Jay, but maybe Jay uh, you know, does that for the go-home show. But, I mean, who knows? So this is fine. We had Santos win the finals of the U.S. Eliminator tourney, but, but Ray got hurt for real. They said it was a shoot thing, and they came back from the break, and, you know, 
and Ray was all I put Ray was already being tended here, but Ray was already being tended to by you know by the medics. Probably one of those those system injuries that's done. It would it would not shock me if they work this like in like you know like a real life type of work. It, it, it is not like you can trust some of the people who have insider knowledge with, like, Fightful, who report what the companies want them to, you know what I mean? But I mean, but I think this helped even more because Santos gets to face theory, and he looked, like, heartbroken about it, and they can kind of carry this out even more after with him and Ray. But I would, I would have Santos maybe win the title, in my personal opinion. I do think eventually he'll go back to being heel. I really hope we can put the title on someone new, man. Like, Theory's been tolerable because he hasn't been doing the long promo that he used to do on Raw, right? That, like, you know what I mean? Like, constantly, his, like, him having long-winded promos with the, with Lashley and Ray, like, you know what I mean? It just felt like it was never-ending. So him having matches hasn't really been the worst booking, even though it feels like he's not really even a factor. But I think you could use someone new for the fucking, you know, title, the guy's had it since, like, November. And you can, like, you know, you can let the guy lose it now. And let Santos get something out of it. Like, I, I, I imagine, like, you know, they'll do a rematch. Or... Maybe Santos loses because he is, like, too... He's, he, he, he's letting, like, you know, he's concerned with Ray, basically. I don't know. But I, I definitely do think you need to have, you know, um... You need to have, you know, Ray, you know, um, Santos and them turn heel on Ray. Bianca and Charlotte end up doing a tag match with Chelsea and Sonya when they interrupted Bianca's promo backstage. And Bianca didn't want to do it, but Charlotte insisted they, they did. And Bianca was going to win with the KOD, and you know, but Charlotte did the high boot, which was clearly... She was, which was clearly, like, for the person Bianca was holding, was holding for the KOD. Because, you know, um, because, so the, because the commentary were wondering, like, they wondered if it was f- meant for Bianca, on, you know, but she, you know what I mean, like, she was, like, they're debating, but it's, like, it's pretty obvious it's for the fucking person. And then Bianca looks aloof by asking why Charlotte wanted to tag if she's just gonna do that. So not only are you doing this forced tag team storyline for one week, but you fucking let Chelsea and Sonya lose, so whenever you, so whenever, you know, whenever, you know, you, uh, Hold on a second, where was I? I don't know. So whenever you think they'll do shit with this division, it's like the same thing. And this is why no one gives a fuck a lot about a lot of the titles of this company. If you treat the champions like shit. Sonya, you know, Sonya and Chelsea have done like a really good job at least being good with their character work. You know what I mean? But like, you know, you, but then they have this fucking booking that's being done. So what, they get a title shot now, and then they lose it, and then so you let both contenders lose. I guess they can do that after SummerSlam, maybe, then, I guess. Who knows? Um. Anyways. And Asuka was more involved with Bailey and EO, because EO was wondering why Bailey left her last week, but it's like... It's like... It's like did did she have the luggage stabbed? Like you saw that, so why would you? It's like obvious sports entertainment, but whatever. Oscar got involved, and Eo hints she'll cash in at SummerSlam. I I mean I I really I honestly if if you I wouldn't want Charlotte or Bianca right now to win this, and I know Oscar is like the third wheel in it. I would rather Eo than just win it than maybe. 
LA Knight cut a promo on Hit Row, basically calling, he called Ashanti Adonis Will Smith, and he called Top Dollar Uncle Phil. And then he he made a comment about, you know, uh, B-Fab, calling her, calling her horny for him, basically. And then he beat Ashanti Adonis in, like, one minute. I guess they'll have Knight on the card because he's going to be part of the SummerSlam Battle Royal. I would have preferred him just beating Theory for the title. But the Brutes are also going to be in it as well. And Sheamus was mocking LA Knight's yeah. It was, it was pretty funny. So now we have hope that he's going to win the Battle Royal. I, I bet you he's not even going to win that. And he'll be, he'll, be, he'll be the second last one in there before he gets screwed over again. He should at least be able to win the fucking Battle Royal. If, you know, but whatever. We got an update with Lashley sitting with the Prophets, and he called. He said he said Melo and Trick spoke highly of them, and then she. But it's like, like wouldn't he know more about fucking the Prophets than Trick and Melo would because he's been on the same roster with them. He's been in segments with them. Alright, whatever. So they should be treated like stars, and they should dress like stars. And Montez basically looks at Dawkins, and Dawkins makes a joke about what sweat. He goes, "My sweats aren't good enough, whatever." All that. I thought it was pretty funny. So he brings out suits. I, again, I don't know if Montez is going to turn heel and join Lashley, and they're actually turn on Dawkins. But you know, I'd, I'd be I'd be about a prophet's heel turn if they're going to go with Lashley. Maybe it's not even an obvious heel. Maybe just a tweener type of a deal where they'll be treated a little bit more seriously. I don't know. I'm interested in where it's going, though. Like, will MVP and almost be involved as well? I don't know. You haven't seen them for a while, and they're free agents still. Carl Anderson tells AJ, etc., not to be out there, for, uh, and he wants to do this on his own. And he did get to do some decent work, because he never really gets to show what he can do in singles. He's not as good as he used to be, but it was still pretty decent. But I, I, I'm just not into anything Cross does, and I'm not into a what, what AJ has been doing now. Like, as each year passes since 2020, I feel like AJ's run in this company has kind of just run stagnant. Like, you know what I mean? Again, I know it, so again, I know it sounds like, oh, a cliche to say, well, maybe you should go back to, you know, another company or something like that. But I think at this point, like, you, if, if this is all you're going to do with AJ, and he still has, like, some remaining years left, maybe he should go. So, like, you know, at least, at least get the accolade of saying, hey, he was, in a, he, was in a, he was in ROH, he was in TNA, he was in New Japan, he was in WWE, and now he's in AEW. I think he could be, I think he would be pretty dope for AEW, actually. I don't know. But again, they, AJ and them saved him after. It's like his cross, cross is like taking care of the stable all on his own, basically. I thought like at least maybe they'd give a cross a fucking stable or something. Like, you know, maybe someone will join the cross in them, whatever. But it's like the storyline is not fucking interesting anymore, really. Anyway, let me go to a fucking collision now. Uh, I thought this show was enjoyable for what it was. And this continues the trend of the focus building up. Uh, Paper level, pay per view level cards for Collision Show, and Dynamite at some points too. While we're supposed to shit on, you know, but we're supposed to shit on Dynamite, and still not focusing on what the cards are going to be for, you know, the upcoming shows. And I, and I know the shills who just defend the company blindly will justify why we don't know, you know, we shit on people for complaining about not knowing about the cards. Like people legit try to gaslight people by design and mock them into getting more combative, so all they have is to like. Threatened violence because it seems like it keeps it, it. People think it's like you know hundred like that's what's keeping it real, but you know. But it just shows that this company has unhinged people who are protected, who can act as awful as they want, and then get mad when people fight back, you know. But if I'm in the UK and a show's coming to my country, 
for a big time stadium show, and you pay like good money for this, right? I would like here's the thing. One thing about AEW, I'll say, is that they will let you see like the like like you know a lot of a lot of people on their fucking roster. You know what I mean? Like you know what I mean? Like they'll give you a good time. But I would want to know what matches are happening. Like, like I know their thinking will be, oh, they sold out. But unless Tony Khan continue, continue his trend of being a heel to the UK crowd, because apparently he's not very popular with the soccer crowd over there, right? I'm sure there'll be some solid shit, but people are hinting the show is going to be free. So, I mean, right now they're hinting it was going to be free, but now it's a pay-per-view. This, this was on Saturday when I was doing that. So they're holding off, but you can kind of guess the angles to some degree. But I do think my point um, is kind of being confirmed at All In. It's probably going to have a lot of multi-man matches. And not to say there won't, say there won't be any singles matches, but it'll, it'll, it'll be like a go-home show for, you know, All Out, essentially. You know, it, 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 it seems like that way. You know? Maybe they should have just made Wembley show All Out. And they just do it like that way, but it's like between two big shows, they haven't announced anything, and now they're prolonging the cold MJF shit, and you feel they're doubling down on MJF as a babyface, while CM Punk, who's officially a babyface, and will say some babyface shit, but he's definitely leaning more into the heel side. And Starks is trying to be more heel, but he's getting cheered. Ultimately, none of these guys are coming off likable, between Starks and CM Punk at least. Strux is at least trying not to be likable, but Punk is kind of supposed to be the good guy, but the crowd are booing him, and he's leaning into it, but he's also pandering. So it feels like while MJF is leaning toward the nature of more than titles fueling him and wanting friendship, seemingly, it feels like Punk has moved toward like having less friends while still positioning himself as a babyface. And instead of building Punk versus Strux for Wembley, they're putting on a collision for like you know a fake world title that might end up being the brand's world title. I hope not. I guess they'd rather try to compete for SummerSlam than actually promote a card for, like, their upcoming shows. I'll get into it, but it's it's confusing on both brands right now with the gray area shit because there has to be all these layers to take in. But they did, you know, have a promo from Darby, MJF and Cole and FTR in the intro, which are decent. People assume when Darby was asking for an open challenge... Because things have not been going his way, so I figured maybe they just have Starks or someone face him. But people thought it could be Richard Holiday who was backstage. And by the way, shout out to Richard Holiday. He, you know, uh, um, you know, he survived cancer, so people assumed he might, you know, either you know be, be the open challenge or he would show up for MJF since they have a history in MLW. But it ended up being Suzuki randomly at fucking Darby. But MJF and Cole had a pretty good promo. Cole asked who's ready for story time. MJF said the story is in three parts. He's going to take his size 12 boot, bash Dax's nuts in, and they're going to two. They're going to hit a double clothesline, which they both said at the same time. And three, they're going to become the new AEW World Tag Team Champions. Cass says this isn't a pinnacle, and they aren't his buchachos. Dax says it won't be a dance routine. They're in the they're the ring with the absolute best team on the planet, and that set up the, the, the you know the theme song and all that. So they opened up with Andrade versus Buddy Matthews. This was pretty good. If you're used to like indie like you know the indie style ladder matches for or the modern ones where it's nonstop chaos, 
This is not like one of those. It felt like some of the modern shit mixed in with old old school psychology of letting actual big spots count. And people still got excited. You see, you don't have to spam so much dangerous shit where it just feels people, um, you know, um, put, it puts people in danger and causes unnecessary injuries. You know what I mean? They made the spots count and it still had people invested into it. I figured they would, you know, further the angle, but it felt like it was kind of conclusive since Andrade got his happy ending, or you know, of getting his mask back. And to me, it did it, 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 like I mean, did it really need a ladder match stipulation? Like you could have had an intense match, a quality hard hitting match, and had the mask on a pole, so you didn't need to use like the ladder and shit and you know, get, uh, overly gimmick that up because you've had enough of these matches. But they didn't overdo it, and it made the spots count. You know. I still maintain that you didn't need the ladder match, but they kept their they kept us fairly clean. Basically, I figured when Andrade was handcuffed, they were gonna let Rouge help out, but they didn't even overbook it, overbook the shit, and that was kind of cool, I guess. I'm sure the the I'm sure the feud will continue in some way. I like the, I like the, I like the simple thing that of Julia uh, of implying Julia was has a manager's license, which is why she was allowed to be there while the other members were banned from there, essentially. I normally judge how good matches are by how, by if it made, if, if, if it made, uh, if it made me crazy when fucking jotting the shit down, basically. And I felt like it was one of the more easier ladder matches that I've recapped since recapping fucking matches. You know, uh, hold on, let me readjust this shit. Pressing this fucking button to get something going, man. So Andrade had gear that was kind of like Nash's gear look that was like leather. I mean, I I don't know. I still like the Yankee pants, but whatever. It looked like he was doing. It, it was like he was doing if he was Nash dressed up as Catwoman, essentially. They spent the first few minutes all over the ring just chopping each other. Buddy prevented some moonsault when he was outside, but Andrade leaps to the, leaps to the ladder in front of the ring, does a moonsault. The commentator thought he might be trying to go up for the mask, even though the ladder was like not even in the ring. Um, they were you going for the ladder set up you know, setups, which kind of took away from the match. But per- personally, I was able to eat. I, but personally, for me, I was able to eat my pad thai. Basically, Andrade gets the three amigos suplexes, but like usual, the last one's prevented. Andrade hip tossed Buddy into the ladder um, in the corner as Buddy was charging full speed. Buddy threw the ladder in Andrade's face as Andrade charged. Buddy was getting a, his bicep checking for the picture in picture. Between this and the ratio of SmackDown, I had no idea what was a work and what was real. He was fine though when he came back. The, the medic readjusted his shoulder and Buddy had control. He had the ladder bridge from the ropes to the front um to, uh, to the front ladder, you know, in the front of the ring, facing the entrance. <laughs> But Buddy dropped the, um, him sternum first into another burst ladder from the ring to the commentary table. Buddy Andrade go back and forth. Buddy caught the spear with the draping DDT attempt. But Buddy ended up on the apron like they switched places. And Andrade went for a spear to Buddy on the burst ladder on the apron. But Buddy got him with the DDT instead. Buddy dove um, on, drove Andrade's skull over and over against the table. Buddy kind of fell off the ladder when Andrade t- tipped it over. And when Andrade hit um. Then Andrade hit a back elbow. Andrade let Buddy um, up on the ladder where the other bridge ladder was. They were trying to make it look epic, but then it just felt like an excuse for Andrade to do the sunset bomb onto that. The crowd lost it um, for, for this to prove you don't need to the nonstop chaos of these matches. 
Um, Buddy brings Andrade down with a ladder into a rising knee strike. Julia had the handcuffs in her hands and they handcuffed Andrade into the ring post. Julia was mocking him by waving the key in front of him. Andrade was able to high kick a chair into Buddy's face. And then somehow he allowed him, it got him the key and allowed him to uncuff himself. Uh, and then he handcuffed Buddy Matthews. And people reacted to, reacted to this like, you know, like people are all into this. Andrade threw the key away. Julia had bolt cutters randomly, I guess. Um, and she then got on Andrade's back while Buddy was cutting through the handcuffs. So now they're striking back and forth with Julia on Andrade's back on the ladder. And then Buddy falls down. And then Julia slaps him over and over again. And then, you know, she, she's on the, on the other side of the ladder now. And Andrade just shoves her off, off the ladder into Buddy. And then, you know, and they go through the corner table, basically. And then he gets the mask, and then this guy acted like he accomplished the biggest feat. So it made it feel important. I thought the last stretch of the match was really solid. You thought you had it figured out with them handcuffing each other, so you figured the match would be done. I like Julia getting involved in the match, which made it seem, like, useful because they didn't try to do any overbooking during the match, and it wasn't, like, super chaotic. So they stood out, and they have extracted a good spot out of it while protecting Julia by having Buddy take the bump for them. But not but even though I think Buddy takes a lot, you know, of single losses, you can't really complain with this quality of a match. I assume it will lead to Andrade versus Black at some point, but I wonder if Roosh and company actually help out. But, you know, they basically built this... Um, you know, pretty simple, so I don't know how they continue it, but I'm sure Malachi Black will have something to say about this to get in the guy's head. It would be good to know since we have two specials coming out, you know. I thought, I mean, I think Andrade has said on, online that he wants to face Malachi Black at, at, all, in, at all in, basically. I thought, I thought in the beginning it was kind of slow, even though I appreciate it, but it's like, it's like, if, you're, it's like if you're working on putting ladders in different places, all the while, like, you know, these shitheads in the crowd are yelling, you know, for tables. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's it just like, you know, it, it, it's like sometimes you don't really, you know, need to do these kind of matches. You could have found another way to do the mask on the line. You know what I mean? But, I mean, listen, I would complain more if they fucking did unnecessary spots. Like, I think, like, they still, like, like you know, did a lot of psychology with it. But people were into a lot of stuff. I thought we were going to have another injury on our hands, but it was just a dis dislocated shoulder. It was fixed, but I was worried. I wonder, I wonder if there'll be more discourse of Buddy working while he's hurt since that's becoming a discourse for a social media. But um, I gotta say, I enjoyed the match and wish more ladder matches were like this if you have to do ladder matches because this company sure loves their ladder matches as much as they love their fucking battle royals. But, I mean, I mean, again, I can't complain. This is a good opener. Miro's interview by Tony Schiavone. He was asked about the big battle and before he could answer, Solo, Aaron Solo hit Miro with the shittiest chair shot. Um... And he did it over until Miro got the advantage and then basically started hitting him with the chair. And he screamed for Tony Schiavone, basically. So basically, I guess QT is going to make it up to Hawes by getting him this feud, I'm going to assume. Hopefully they book it better, but I was hoping Hawes would leave QT, QTV. It's like they want us to they wanted to give us Hawes versus Miro, but then we need QTV aligned. Like, I, I wouldn't mind if QTV was actually designed to do some decent stuff. Like, maybe if they weren't aligned with anyone and they were serving up a storyline device to start feuds or to get get into exposing shit about characters that we're not supposed to know in front of the camera, essentially. Like, you could easily have done something simple of Hobbs confronting him after one of his matches, but this felt like sports entertainment with the, with, with the way that this was shot because it looked so... I mean, the, the, the chair shot that Solo gave him was so bad. 
But whatever, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have Miro in these kind of backstage segments because he's a larger than life guy that should be have the same tone you have seen from him in other promos. Hopefully, this feud pans out, but the but the but the way they've booked Hobbs this year hasn't really been enthralling. And considering he's a former champion, that says a lot when it doesn't even mean shit in the end. It feels like a stat you can add to to them, so people online can claim the company used him properly when they need to argue. But we, I mean, we'll see what happens from this. But if you're gonna establish this shit, I would prefer to prefer a more epic way of doing it. Which is why I feel the Book of Hobbs promo we saw late last year were gonna lead to something like this. But now we haven't even seen Hobbs for the last few weeks since he lost to in the Owen Hart Cup, essentially. So by Darby mentioning Starks and Christian, I figured maybe one of them was gonna, you know, was gonna be the challenge. But it was Suzuki, and Darby was kind of booed for attacking Suzuki before Kazni Ray part, and he toped out onto him in the missile drop kick off the apron while Suzuki is seated on a chair. The bell rang, and then Darby slaps him and hits him, um, do some uh, some strikes. Suzuki no sells and then drops Darby with a one stiff shot. He does the triangle choke while Darby is tied to the ropes. Basically, he gets a running punt to Darby from the apron. The commentators are putting over Suzuki's career and they're trying to tie it back to the Forbidden Door match with the six way, right? The, the trios match. Suzuki gets a running high boo and then a running punt. Suzuki pulls uh, at the tape ribs before the picture in picture. Darby, Darby was basically dead when he came back. He managed to get a roll up, but Suzuki gets um, him hyped for a striking back and forth routine where every time Suzuki drops Darby with with um, with, with the strikes no sorry for every time uh Darby you know um like every time Suzuki drops Darby with a strike but Darby would get a bunch of get a bunch of them basically afterwards and then he gets a sunset flip he coughed and splashes got countered into a choke the Paul driver got countered with the back body drop. Darby got a springboard coffin splash, but his coffin drop was caught into a choke. Darby gets the pinning combo for the win. Then Christian then shows up on the screen to cut a promo, and he applauds Darby and saying he must be ready for he must be ready for his championship shot. But Darby must be busy with Swerve, and he advises that Darby can't be distracted when he vies for the for the you know the for their TNT championship. The title has never meant more than it does now. It's never had, never been so much more prestigious than it does now. And Christian says Darby will never touch the title again as long as uh, Christian holds it. And Dar- Darby is no longer qualified to be challenging, um, to be challenging for it. He vows to send him back to hot pocket, basically hot top, hot pocket, hot topic. I, think I, I actually put hot topic. But I don't know why I put hot pocket. I think I'm thinking of that Jim Gaffigan joke. Maybe I don't know. Uh, I get they needed Darby to come to Collision to continue the storyline and build with Lucha and Christian, but they are at least acknowledging Dynamite stuff on this show, but it feels like it comes off in a different tone on this show. It felt like random to have this match, but I guess they needed to build uh, Darby with some wins, and who better to get a victory over than someone like Suzuki, even though the match was kind of random. I like the simple element of Darby being dropped and not being able to go shot for shot with them. People were still into Darby, but for a minute he was getting booed because of the attack uh, and depriving the crowd of the climax to the theme of Suzuki, essentially. I thought it was fine, you know, a fine, establish, fine established win since Darby took a pin last week and then this past Dynamite. He had a he had a lose, so he, he had a, like, uh, you know, he had a, like, you know, Suzuki had a lose, so I can appreciate them still trying to, you know, get him back, get Darby back a win while still building up to this TD title shot, I guess. 
There's nothing really to say about this. Uh, you know, I know Suzuki is kind of the same category as Joe, where they're not going to have the most enthralling matches at times because they're older now. So if you have, if you've seen a modern Suzuki match, you've seen them all. But just with Darby selling like crazy, so it was fine. You could have used someone on the roster to get some time, but I guess you have Suzuki in town. You might as well use them, considering they used them in a battle royal and rampage. They might as well use them for a collision show. There's a Tony Storm promo. I thought this minimal promo was pretty good to hype up the match with Sheeta. I really do like Tony Storm. I really do like Tony Storm's uh, tone in, in, in for the most basic PG nineties insults that you would find on an episode of Say by the Bell. I don't know why call, why calling Sheeta a cow just makes me. I don't know. Just, her her just calling someone a cow just makes me fucking laugh for some reason. She says Sheeta doesn't deserve a title shot. She reduces Sheeta to just being a pandemic champion, like the pandemic people are glad it's over. She puts herself as claiming the division has um has her. Um she you know, claiming that the division, you know, um division has her as like the leader for it, basically. Claims they're gonna beat the piss out of each other on Dynamite two hundred. She warns about using the Kendo stick because she'll beat Sheeta so badly she's gonna need it to walk around, and she denies Sheeta is gonna be a two time champion. Then we had Gravity versus Samoa Joe. Gravity, you know, keeps walking out slow for the keeps slow walking out of a a lockup. They mentioned he's a title. Lim- he mentioned he's in a title eliminator tur- turning on ROH, but he's having his non-title match, which doesn't make any fucking sense. Joe finally has enough of the mind games and kicks him. Gravity got a run on Joe, but he silly strings back in with the arm drag when Joe gets control. Joel did a gravity walk out of the way of a flying move, which I get. That was pretty fucking funny. He does a senton, then the the Larry Home jab, and then he then the muscle buster for the win. So he's in a title limited tournament, but he just loses like this easily. I guess you guys need. I guess you need guys to be jobbers to big people, but isn't like someone? Isn't there someone better than Gravity who can use a television time? Like this is the best you have for Joe and no storyline. Like maybe he and Miro could feud. Or some shit, but you just have him show up and beat someone in a non-title match who already is in a tournament. So why would I give a shit even if he wins? Like, oh, this sounds like a ringing endorsement to watch ROH. I, 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 I don't know the fascination with having like this dude on television right now. Like, maybe I'll be wrong. There are other, but I'm thinking there are other people who who you could use, and you know, and you could be using Joe a lot more on the main roster, but they keep him mainly on ROH. I, you know. I was not into this, but they're going to force this new dude to be on, like, every fucking show. Again, if he impresses me, I'll admit it. But, you know what I mean? I, you know, I, I didn't see anything in Orange Cassidy. I mean, listen, even at, at the time where I didn't fucking, like, wasn't really into Orange Cassidy, I could still see that he's, like, really, really fucking, you know, he had something at least. But this guy doesn't have, I don't, to me, he doesn't have anything to me. He's not impressed to me. I don't know. Anyway, you could have used another women's match on here because what, what, what did this really do for Joe? I'll, I'll admit, I did laugh at him walking away in slow motion, gravity, you know, the gravity, but it just feels like gravity's being booked for inside jokes. Anyway, I didn't care for any of this. The punk promo. I thought the first part of this promo was not really hitting. And even when Stars came out, it got a bit better, but towards the end of the promo, it got better. But it's clear punk is trying to lean into the heel shit despite him trying to still act like a baby face. He even teases some shit about Wembley, and yet no one in the fucking... No one's mentioning any fucking thing happening on this show, even. I still think it's just weak just to settle on the fact that it's sold out, and that's enough. Because people are going to be pissed that if you're not giving them a top-level fucking card. I did enjoy this as he revealed what was in the bag. 
it, it, got, it got a heated reaction. If they weren't going to bring it out and just make mention of this bag, then I would have been cussing. But I, I don't know if spray painting the X on the title is going to really be the standout statement that you're trying to make. Like, did Elon Musk buy the title as well, or is this is this, is this X, is the X and the DX logo doing blackface, and the D just had to separate from him? You know what I mean? People said it was like the shittier X Division title that you make for a backyard federation when you couldn't buy the replica. He's calling himself the real world's champion. I had no idea why people were bringing up Miz online. Because I'm wondering if, if Miz ever referred to himself as the real world's champion. But I guess it was a payoff of the fact that Miz was in the real world. I guess maybe that title he did have on that show was maybe called the real world's champion, maybe. I don't know. But again, I don't know if this is going to lead to a new world title for the Collision because the people who call themselves Colliders online, they support this idea and will it, it will be shitty that they're going to do with the you know the ruthless aggression era tropes when they claim how they hate how WWE does shit. Hopefully this is just symbolism until they get to the MJF and Punk match. But I think because SummerSlam is next week, they want to make the Starks and Punk match mean, uh, mean some shit, basically. But I would have opted them to feud at Wembley. But this tells me someone else might face Punk at Wembley, whether it's Jay White or maybe even Samoa Joe. Punk stops Tony from talking, um, t t taking the booze. Tony asks a controversy around Starks and what's in the bag. And Punk says, there's been a whole lot of things going on in AEW. And before he talks about the bag, he asked, he asked Hartford how they've been doing. He, he says uh, he's been having a hellish travel schedule. He got here two hours ago, but he always makes the towns, and he'll show up for the people, basically. And he got some people back with this, on you know, on the side with him, and there's still a lot of booze. Because a lot of going in AEW right now, there's a, lot, um, there's a lot going on in Collision that nobody wants to, um, you know, meet head-on. No one uh, wants to talk about it, but he'll do it now. And he proceeds not to tell us anything more than we already fucking know. First, he mentions the Wembley Stadium. Is he going to be there? Will he be wrestling on the show? Well, maybe we, we, we'll know by the end of the night, he says. But he has to, But that has a lot to do with what's in the bag. And Ricky Starks has a lot to do with what's in the bag. And he mentioned the two times Starks has beaten him. Once in singles, once in tag team. But he disappointed Punk by cheating the way he did. And I, I know Pike is gaslighting Starks into thinking he didn't accomplish anything by cheating, but then if Punk cheated all those times, then does all the times Punk cheated, does that not count as, as wins either, you know, by that logic? Someone explained to me that it's just that Starks couldn't win big without cheating, but then, you know... I, but, but the thing, I've seen Starks win without cheating, though. Then he started opening the bag. He says not so much that, it's, um, that he's been carrying it around. Is that it's 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 he's it's that he's being he's been left holding it basically. The thing about re responsibility is that it sucks sometimes, and you gotta wake up and do some things you don't want to do because you're an adult in the room. And again, the line in the again the line is designed to be one of those wink nods type of deal since he's notoriously not an adult in the room all the time. So what's in the bag, he asks, you know, he says Starks is a cheater, and he's mistaking his kindness for weakness, but he's not being nice anymore. He says the truth doesn't care if you're nice, and it doesn't care if you're right or wrong. And he brings out the AEW title out of the bag, and it was kind of surprising to see the old style of AEW title, because I've seen the Triple B from MJF for the last several months. He calls himself the champion, the rightful holder of it. He hasn't been beaten, and it still has his blood from when he beat Moxley for it. It's got his name, and it's got his blood on it. 
Then he spray paints an X on it, and, and the X represented him since 1997, and he built his career on it. The X means he's straight edge, and straight edge means he's better than you. The title is mine and belongs on Collision, and this title is not stolen, unlike my catchphrase. Since I'm the real world's champion, you know, I thought this was funny. Starks, interrupt, Starks interrupts with the no music and said that he wanted to do this full entrance, so he's going to walk back and he tells the crowd to act like he wasn't here, and then Nigel acts surprised when he, the entrance happened. I thought this was pretty fucking funny, but this portion felt like he, they knew they were setting up a match, even though they just had, like, pro wrestling elements to it. It felt like an exposition of them knowing in sports entertainment when Tony automatically knew who the special guest referee was going to be. Stark says Punk told a great story, but to be honest, he's kind of sold on the gold right now, the way he sees it, regardless of how Punk feels about how he went about things. Punk would have done the same. He bit Punk before he could bite him uh, and do it to him, and he feels like he's owed a title on Punk's shoulder because he's beaten him not once but twice. He called himself the real world's champion, also the face of collision. Punk again calls him a cheater. Did you beat me? Dude, this is a stupid lie. He goes, did you beat me twice, or did the referees beat me? Like, what kind of fucking logic is this? Like, dude, just take the fucking L, man. Stark says he could have uh, had Stevie Wonder as the ref, and he would have beat Punk. So this this title should be his. Punk says it sounds like Stark wants a title shot. Stark says he deserves one. And Punk says if he's going to wrestle him again, he's going to need a special guest referee for it. Considering what's happened before, Stark says he's good with that because no one likes Punk. He has no friends, so wherever he has to go to dig up someone up, you know, that Julio Dinesh, 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 uh, I don't know who that guy is, Julio Dinesh, I can't say the fucking name, my, my speech impediment's acting up, I don't know. The, uh, some fucking guy, Julio, said David Prozac, or maybe someone in Stanford, whoever it is doesn't care because he's going to win anyways. Punk said he anticipated this and has already found someone from his past. From his past, when Starks mentioned Stanford, um, uh, Stan, which mentioned Stanford, he got a huge O from the crowd. So Punk asked if Ricky really wants a shot. He said yes, and Punk says you got it. They shook hands, and Punk tells Shivani to reveal the name, and it was Ricky Steamboat. And I know there's a tie-in from ROH, which, which by the way, is a really good fucking clip. Dude, like, Ricky, like, you know, I, I know, like, you know, Ricky Steamboat, like, passes prime and all that kind of shit there. But those arm drags he gave CM Punk, man, those are fucking beautiful fucking arm drags. See, and to CM Punk's credit, he sold those really, really well, man. Uh, th- th- that clip never gets old for me. When I, Again, I, I'm a huge Ricky Steamboat fucking mark, man. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I always appreciate that he was always a fucking good guy, you know what I mean? Like, and because of Steamboat, because I, because I was a Steamboat fan in WWE, right? You know what I mean? What's it called? Um, you know, and then, and then I watched WWE later in the nineties. Him feuding with Regal and feuding with Steve Austin is what like helped make me like like Regal and Steve, like appreciate them because they actually gave him losses and all that kind of shit. You know what I mean? So, so anyways, um, yeah. So then you know, um, but then Ian was putting this Steamboat over never like, how Steamboat never cheats in his life basically, and that he'll call it down the middle. I know we're supposed to be mad at Starks for cheating, but it was becoming too inconsistent because Punk said he doesn't mind, but then he keeps bringing it up like he's Tony Soprano after, like, Bobby Bacala beat him up, you know, in the the season premiere of 6B, 6B you know, season 6B. I call it season 7, essentially. But it's, clear, it's clearly Punk's way of gaslighting someone into a match because he's genuinely pissed off that he didn't win. He can't accept that he got outsmarted. Literally everyone on this planet cheats. 
Instructions supposed to be the last honest man or something? I don't know. So Punk is kind of coming across like Hogan in 92 when he was complaining about Sid throwing him out in the Rumble. Like, Punk is on, Punk is an OG in the game. He's been around cutthroat people. And you're telling me he's mad that someone outsmarted him? Starks, like, Starks I don't have an issue with, because, but, but he's, not, like, coming, he's not coming like off like, like you know, super likable. But you could argue he's actually doing his job, maybe. I don't know. Even though his, the promo Starks cut you know, could have been done as much of the baby. Like, you could do Punk versus Starks as, like, you know, a baby face versus baby face thing where Starks still has this kind of energy for him. I figured they would announce the match for Wembley, but this confirms to me that they're giving this away while still having someone else face Punk at Wembley. I thought you could do the winner of this match faces the winner of Cole and MJF. I thought Starks would, was was a rare form from the unique way he interrupted and then, you know, the shit he was saying about Punk having no friends. But since they already had the ref name beforehand, since Tony even, since Tony knew, it feels like in KV they knew the match was happening. But the shit talk from them was was uh, them doing pro wrestling. But like in KV, the exchange was not scripted. But the reality show Sports Entertainment indicates to me that the segment was supposed to happen, which is why Stark did the unique interruption he did, basically. So the part where, you know, Punk was doing the X over the title, like that seemed more of the genuine and not sports entertainment shit. The booze pouring in as he was revealing it was top-notch because it leads to, you know, if it leads to an important storyline even more, when you look at the genesis of the reveal of the title, then it would have this heated moment attached to it despite Punk trying to be this baby face. And maybe Punk is such a heel, he's like, you know, he tried to do it over the top pander to the crowd that it made him made them boo him more. Although... It was good enough for some because some of the people did cheer him when he did pander to them. But I guess Starks is supposed to be intimidated that Steamboat will call him down the middle. I wonder since we live in such a fucking random world that maybe Starks feels Steamboat screws him over. And are we randomly going to find out that Starks will wrestle Steamboat? Like I know officially Steamboat had his, la- had, had his health issues, right? But he did come back for a match in like the, like, you know, on the indie circuit kind of, right? And when they do that on the indie level... To me, it normally it's, it's a hint for it, like you know it, it's normally a hint for it. Maybe the the last match will be on a bigger stage, like his last match at Wembley, and you know facing someone like Starks. You know maybe that you know maybe that's where Starks stuff goes. Basically, I should have predicted that because I knew once, uh, but I knew once Debo did his last match on the Indies. Sometimes it's like it's a marketing to train you that he has a few left in the tank, and they need a big reason for him to show up to get one last big match in a company that is essentially the spirit of WCW, essentially. I really hope we're not, you know, going into the direction of this title becoming the brand's world title. Anyone who supports this because it gives Punk another fucking run as champion, it's clear you don't give a shit about the integrity of storylines and prestige, and you just want to... everything centered around your fucking leader who gives you orders to act like he's, like, the biggest victim in all this. But his presence has helped water... I mean, so far, if you're doing that, then his presence and this has helped water it down and by by design watered down the product. And now if we get get behind other talents who are on his shit list, then his shitty fucking base will fucking discredit them, basically. They're more considered... Again, like this... Instead of, like, booking regular fucking storylines, they're booking for CM Punk's ego. It's like they, it's like they want to, it's like, oh, we're going to have our own version of Hulk Hogan, essentially. Anyways, uh, the guns and juice. 
versus Vikingo, Darius, and Andretti. They came up to Vikingo's theme. It was actually felt like a big deal in how it was presented. Colton and Darius start off. Darius was getting the best of him, which made Austin run in. But Andretti stops him with a Thez press, and the babyfaces nail tandem drop kicks. The heels had control during the picture and picture to come back. The heels pulled down Andretti and Darius off the apron, so Vikingo could not make the tag. Vikingo does a double stomp and launches off Austin's back for our tag. Andretti gets a bunch of offense on the heels. He did a handspring back elbow on both guns. He rolls through for, um, from a split-legged moonsault attempt and nails Austin with a pele kick. Then gets a Spanish fly on Colton, but Juice breaks it up. Andretti and Darius are on the top with Vikingo, and Vikingo steps up further in their hands to launch with extra height onto the heels. Andretti and Darius do the dropkick German combo on Austin. Colton got some um, got us on double team move into this vicious strike to the back in, into the back of the neck of Andretti's neck. They do the shatter shatter machine flatliner for the win. Uh, Juice, um, you know, cut um cut out a had to cut out a switchblade with them. Like he was there, which was really fucking funny. Because I don't know he wasn't there. I don't know what he was doing. Uh, this was fine for an established squash. At least you're sneaking in more tagged, tag teams to be incorporated. Plus, I felt Vikingo felt like a bigger deal with this entrance here. But the thing is, we see this guy just be put in random matches. It's just like an excuse for Bullet Club to get a win. Which I don't mind since they have been focused on. Plus, guns were the ones who are wrestling, which is... Which they haven't done often, but I was not as invested in this because I knew it was meant for them, the the meant for them, the babyfaces to lose. It was basically adding someone new to the babyface side to justify why this match needed to happen again. Like I mean, I guess f- with the Bullet Club, essentially, they could have done Andretti and Darius against the Guns, but maybe they're also you know saying the seeds that if Bullet Club does go for trios titles, that this would definitely be the trio they would use: Juice and the Guns. Because Juice was actually gelling well with them, you know, um, you know, he, he can act obnoxious just like them, basically, you know what I mean? He's really good at, you know, do, doing that. It wasn't the best match, but the guns have gotten a lot better since they started, man. They're just, they're really good at selling, you know, there's more aggression to them. Plus, they're doing good character work and being obnoxious. Uh, Kira versus, Kira Hogan versus Mercedes Martinez. Mercedes got the advantage, but then Kira got a bunch of kicks from the corner, and and um and then when uh, he, um she went for the Casadora, but Mercedes drops her from a wheel barrel position, and then uh, does a brain buster for a near fall. Kira gets an Inziguri and a thrust kick. Mercedes got a neck breaker as Kira was bridged from the turnbuckle before the picture and picture to come back. Kira has control and gets a sliding drop kick. After a roll-up, she got a bunch of thrust kicks. Mercedes gets a Saito suplex to counter a neck breaker. And then when she does the sliding um, elbow to the back and then does the surfboard, uh, Dragon Sleeper for the win, essentially. She wouldn't let the move go. Then Statlander came out to make the save, and then Mercedes then takes the title and drops Statlander with it. Then um, then when declaring she's coming for a title, Willow Nightingale came out to make the save. This is a good sh- good showcase for both of them. I like that Kira was trying a new look with the braids. It was like kind of like she looked like a doing the like the the like the, the current Little Mermaid type of look, basically. But this is what um this is what uh it kind of it kind of reminded me. But Mercedes was dominant here, and I wondered why they were saying game this match because I felt like one of those situations where they're just 
putting different women on there, but nothing will actually happen storyline-wise, but then Statlander got involved, and it was a way to build up a match with them. I appreciate them, you know, um, them involving Willow in this as well, but it's like, but the bar is so low with the division that people, like, I mean, not like the, the talent involved, okay? You know what I mean? Like, the t- there's talent, there's like very talented people there, but the booking, like, the, 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 the bar is so low with the booking of the division that people who show for the company think having multiple women on screen at once in the on collision is like a big time success like make fun of nxt all you want since most of you you know help since most of you help water uh water down aw product by making this a discourse thing but um you know but like you know what i mean but like you know at least nxt has like you know a lot of uh you know character development going on there which is more i can say from aw at least like, you know, the, uh, the the online narratives were when it wasn't obvious, but like, when, when it isn't obvious botches for the online discourse. Now we're focusing on planted signs of someone complimenting Kira's ass. And listen, if this person is just a genuine, regular person, people will talk like that, but it doesn't mean that, like, they're just reducing them to that. Like, you know, maybe just wanted to get on fucking camera to get attention or whatever, or whatever. You know what I mean? Maybe, maybe not an asshole. But since it became discourse... And the shills of the company, um, you know, the shills of the company herself are probably funding these things in the crowd. So that becomes the discourse. And the ones who get more defensive about people kind of not fucking with it, they're probably the ones who are organizing it. These people will do shit to pop people in their group chats. I feel like a lot, a lot of the behavior is funded, but we have to pretend like this shit is just completely random and genuine. See, this match is, it becomes like the least important. The match becomes the least important thing, even though these two ladies did a really good job as far as the match goes itself. I was not looking forward to it because I haven't really had any character development from either of these ladies in some time since we don't have many women on the shows unless it's like, you know, a one match per show type of deal. But I wish someday it will be exposed to sabotage this company and its shows are doing as far, you know, as, as far as I'm concerned at least. I, I think, you know, I, I think, and you know, I can't prove it, but it's clear with how social media storylines shape up. It's like the same formula, yet they think they're better than what is considered the status quo while regressing people further into, like, even the shittier status quo. So the main event, MJF and Cole versus FTR, this felt like a big-time match because they did a decent job with the characters involved and the fact that, you know... It was going to be more of a, on a serious show where Dynamite has come off as sports entertainment glorified at times with some stuff. But this felt like a big time title defense. And I felt like we were going to get some climax to whatever the program is going to be. FTR were being booed and they were playing into it more, more heelish. But like, you know, MGF still had people in the palm of his hands with stomping Dax's nuts. But I think he went to the well too much because when MGF tried to get them to chant it, I think people were kind of over it, but I wonder how um, it would play out because I figured they wouldn't want MJF to take the pin and you didn't want Cole to take the pin, but you didn't want FTR to lose to a team that has lose to a team that has been makeshift. I really think we would kind of go with that. I really think we would. I really think we would go with that route. But as much as my instincts for MJF to turn heel and Pinnacle re- reunite. I knew it would be tempting, but if, if that, like, 
I knew it would be tempting for this program, but if that does happen and there was a mutual respect promo, and there was a mutual respect promo off air, which is online, which is storyline fodder, even if the company doesn't promote it on their television. So you had MJF on a positive note with FTR as all his baby faces. Maybe they're easing you into the inevitable of a reunion happening and it culminating to the max humiliation of CM Punk in Chicago. That would be my ideal way, but I guess what they could also just run with MJF being the babyface. And I, you know, listen, if that listen, I might get fucking you know like you know, oh, fuck, they didn't do that idea. But if they want to go with MJF being a good guy, then I guess like you know, maybe you run with it. I don't know. And, and maybe Cole's the one that ends up being a heel again. I don't know. Part of me understands MJF being a babyface now because he's nailing it. But if there's a plan in the future, like if there is a plan to make him a like a, to really make him a baby face, then I wouldn't just I wouldn't just turn that off uh, turn that turn that off and just go with the reactionary thing of turning him a baby face right now when it could actually pay off a lot better when they really want to do it. But what we have what what what, what we've seen each time they tease he's turning baby face that he leans into it more, but he does go back to being the piece of shit, right? But eventually, when he fully is like ready, mental, like mental wise, the official babyface turn in the future will really mean something because this feels like us. It feels like this struggle to do this, do the do the right, do the right thing, is supposed to be building as far. As, it's supposed to be building as far as his legacy goes as a whole. Like you know what I mean? Like it's gonna like like this is gonna be a career level storyline for him. You know what I mean? Like it's gonna like this will always be part of his arc essentially. Anyways, let me get get to it. There was dueling FTR and double clothesline chant, which makes me think that their tag team name should be, you know, double clothesline, I guess. I don't know. Cole and Dax start off, and they do the wrestling spiel. They come to a stalemate a bunch of times, Cash slingshots into Cole when Cole evaded a body trip. I guess he blind tag. Cash got, um, you know, uh, Cash got, um, got a big-time heat from the shoulder tackle. Cole gets a dropkick, Dax holds on to Cash before he gets hit with a double clothesline, which got a negative reaction because, you know, Cole got hit with it. MJF then tags in once Dax in, but bails out of the ring because Cash was getting at him, and then Dax gets in, gets tagged in. MJF tells the crowd he's going to bash his nuts in, and the crowd chants to bash his nuts. Dax moved out of the way before MJF could elbow him there. Uh, MJF tries to get the chant going. Dax gets a scoop slam. MJF kicks him away and then gets then gets one. They avoid each other again. Whatever. MJF acts like he may have hurt his leg before they do the leap frog, the leap the leapfrog spiel. And it, it was a trap. MJF knocks him down. And he keeps uh, hinting he's gonna stomp his nuts. They go into a shoving match and then they slap each other. And this brings in Cole and Cash and they get involved and they start shoving each other. During the picture in picture, MJF was trying to hint at pulling Dax in the ring post, but Dax countered and made MJF ram his face into the post. They come back and um, they have control over MJF. MJF got to have a sharpshooter attempt, but Cash tagged in. Still prevents MJF from tagging. They're still positioning themselves to not allow it, but MJF getting the double, gets, ends up getting double DT. MJF eventually gets it and Cole does the hot tag offense. Forearms, pump kicks. Cole gets a neck breaker on the knee. Dak gets a blind tag, but Cole still is able to get Cash with a backstabber. Then Cole gets a um, you know a pinning combo on Dax. Dax hits a twisting crossbody and then an O'Connor roll. Dax crossbodies but into a super kick. Cole and MJF want to do a double clothesline, but Cash pulls them out after Dax ducked it. 
Um, Cash and MJF counter. There's tombstone pile driver attempts, and then Cole super kicks Cash and lets MJF get the pinning get a pinning combo. Cole does a bunch of super kicks. MJF does a tombstone pile driver with Cole super kicking Cash. It was a really close near fall. They signal another double clothesline. Dax brings out MJF and throws him in the barricade. Cole nails Dax with a pump kick. Dax was able. Dax, I think I don't know if it's supposed to say. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it was Dash. I put Dash here. So I don't know if I'm probably saying Cash or Dash, whatever. Dash was able to get a near fall for something. I missed it, but Cole was fanning them off in the, from the top from a, from a double superplex. And, um, you know, from, you know, Cole was fanning them off from off the top from a du- du- double superplex that, you know, um, you know, um, Cole's going to do this Panama Sunrise, but Dax pushed Cash into Cole to crotch him. And then they do the power plex for a near fall. The crowd loses it here. Dax let Cole tag in. and uh, Let Cole tag in. Then him, and, him and uh, MJF go face-to-face. They go back and forth with strikes. They're jousting, essentially. MJF pokes him in the eye, runs into a fist, and MJF went with it for a powerbomb attempt. Pinning combos exchange after after tussling. Dax got a slingshot powerbomb for a near fall. Cole prevents Dax from doing something from the top. Cash tries to stop Cole, and Cole does a diving clothesline from the apron. MJF kicks Dax in the nuts behind the ref's back. Cash blocks the boom. MJF pushes Cole out of the way from a shatter machine, and MJF takes the move. But uh, he counters and tries to get Cash with a heat seeker, and Dax prevents it. And eventually, he gets a roll up on MJF for the win. Cole shakes FTR's hand, and Cash was. Uh, Talking shit, um, you know, to the camera about how they're the best to do this and they'll never forget it. MJF's in tears and said he blew it. He keeps saying he lost the match, and McCall gives him props for what he did. He's a he's a he's the, the world champion and they'll never forget it. And Cole turns his back, and M- M- MJF was gonna hit him and then um with the title. But he holds back and Cole says while looking away to do what he has to do. But MJF threw the title away and MJF didn't do it. And Cole was shocked. And they and they basically hug. And you think that Cole's going to hit him with it. Uh, hit him. But then MJF, and then, you know, um, they hug and MJF had the title in his hand. MJF raises, um, and MJF raises his arm. And now you think Cole's going to turn on MJF. But they keep fucking prolonging this because you think they're going to, you know, you think they're going to cut the show off at some point. But they kept holding off and they thought someone was turning. They did a good job with this. And listen, if MJF re- does reunite with FTR in the future, you could say MJF took the loss for his buddies because he was going to take the pin from someone. It would be, If he could take a pin from somebody, it would be his stablemates. Shouldn't Dax now want a world title shot, by the way? You know, he just pinned the world champion. If they don't even entertain that, then to me that means that it's supposed to go the way that it's going. I still think that maybe MJF turns this week, maybe. But if they were to have a match... You could build it on mutual respect for each other and may the best person win. And you could do the turn from whoever is in the match, like, you know, for whoever you're going to do in the match itself. It could be their version of the Savage versus Warrior in Wembley Stadium when they were both baby faces. But the lingering thing was which baby face was going to get Rick's help, basically. Now, you don't have the exact same scenario going on, but the elements of wondering who will turn or cheat in the match will be there. But I mean, who knows if they just fully executed on on uh, I put on raw on dynamite. But I think they're gonna maybe prolong this uh, answer, uh, prolong prolong the answer to this, and maybe they'll you know have them face with them both being baby faces. It's a, it's a again like I said, it's ironic that MJF's characters figure out that maybe money and championships shouldn't be the only thing that fuels him, and he it's and his it's genuine friendship, even though we assume he's a heel. But again, like I said before, Punk is a babyface and kind of acting more heelish. And, and by the way, but the cold uh, on social media, you saw a fucking clip 
of um, you know, when 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 uh, MJF and Punk were like, you know, like from 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 in the stadium, you could see Punk like uh, kind of le- like um, leaning out of the fucking curtain, basically looking out there, whatever. Um, some some people might think Cole might challenge Punk at the Wembley, but I feel they didn't tease which. Uh, I feel like they didn't tease Switchblade and Punk for no reason. You know, you're unsure how this will play out. And whatever you're, you know, and what are going to be the exact matches, but the more they are prolonging this announcement, I feel like it's going to be, it's, I feel like, I said right here, it's going to be for, it's going to be for free this show, maybe. But it'll serve as a go-home show on some level for stuff. Like, you'll have for All Out. I mean, we don't know, but, you know, again, I wrote this before I found out that it might just end up being a pay-per-view. But I'm just looking at what they're doing on their television. But I do think the show is going to be, you know, a discourse show as well. Like, yeah, the milestone of the show being done is great in the UK, but I think if someone from, if I'm from, from the UK and I bought tickets for this event, I would be pissed we didn't know what some of the card is by now. I know we have to, like, we, I know they have been planning for it, but you, you should not screw over your own audience, but, and maybe Tony Khan's looking for that since he is not popular as a sporting, as a sport team owner over there. Anyway, the match was really good. They did simple shit for the max effect. It really picked up toward the last stretch of the match, even though they maintained interest during it. It, it feels like when you have Cole working more character work in psychology, that maybe he doesn't need to do all the, all the shit he did in the last decade. Because I, I found myself, uh, in, I found myself lately enjoying his matches a lot more than I have since he's been in this company. So we'll see what happens, but this show was fine. There was some stuff I didn't really think was needed to be there. I would have rather had Joe start a feud with Miro or some shit, but rather than him and gravity happen. I understand why you did the Bullet Club match, but I don't think it was really needed, but I understood because the guns have not wrestled since the eight-man tag, so it was cool they got something to show that they're getting more momentum in this group since it's focused on Jay White and Juice more. But I enjoyed a lot of the show. I really didn't. don't think you needed Darby and Suzuki, but it was like... They wanted someone who has been on Dynamite to wrestle on the show, but they just gave him a random indie fed book, like a, like an indie like indie fed book match, then but tied in some history there since they faced the Forbidden Door. So you just kind of wanted Darby to get a victory because he was like lost two matches that's been happening. Again, I I want a Miro and Hobbs feud, but if it's attached to the QTV shit, which is supposed to make people hate it, then I would rather Miro and Joe, but. Whatever. It'd be easier to know what, what these cards are. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you can't, you know... I, I, never, I, thought, I never thought I'd be applying WWE for how they're building up their fucking shows. Knowing the card, you know. Anyways, I'm gonna go now. So, it's like 10.16pm, so... Whatever. Peace out. Um, I don't know. I'm, I, should I play this? I don't know. Fuck it. Who gives a shit?